Welcome to episode 209 of the F-Reality Podcast. For those who haven't listened to the last episode, this could be quite the scary podcast in the run-up to Halloween. We replaced two members of the show, long-standing veterans Nathie and Mike, take a hike, and in their place, we have two brand new personalities, not new to the VR scene, uh, but brand new to this podcast. And for those of you whittling down who it might be, I'll give you a hint, they've never been on the show before. Uh, it's the start of a fresh-faced newscast for F-Reality. We'll invite you to cheer along with the new members of the team, applauding the many years of personal bludgeoning sacrifice ahead of them. <laughs> and once that's said and done, everyone's relaxed back into their seats, then we're hopping back on the hamster wheel of our normal show. Here are today's spooky topics. First up, meet and greet with F-Reality Crew V2. PS5 just got prison bossed. Rowdy will like that one. SideQuest strikes it rich and adds a few sidekicks. Vale sets sail in Miami with Hurricane Ian blowing. Bone Lab is breaking, people. And leaks of Quest 3 both tease and please ahead of MC. To hog tie us down, one of our greenhorns is going to give the rough ride of releases a go and see if they get bucked to the floor or can steady that wild bronco. I didn't mean to make that rhyme. <laughs> uh, chats here too, waiting patiently to say their part. So please let us know what you've been up to these past few weeks. Uh, this podcast thrives on your love for emerging technology. So get it out, say it, and be part of this moment when the podcast is born again like a digital phoenix rising from a naughty, underloved smartwatch. And uh, finally... Drum roll, please, as we move to unmask our new F-Reality crew. First up, he is the last standing original member of the VR Inside podcast. The spirit of our founding fathers lives through him clearly. Plastic wrap still on, pristine, gorgeous, an A-grade immaculate specimen of a man. But Rowdy, I, I, I see there's something, there's something green in your, in your teeth. Um, how you been? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Oh, damn it. I should have put a curtain on myself as uh, well. Yeah. You know, that would have been awesome. I could have done like the reveal of myself. Yeah. That, oh, you're right. We should have, I I we should have done that. that. But how you been, that. dude? How's, how's your last two weeks been? I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Actually, uh, I, I managed to play like a, a VR Holy game. Holy shit. Uh, this past two weeks. <laughs> uh, and it's not, it's not what everyone else thinks. It's not Bone Lab because I already said that I wasn't too interested in that. Um, but I mean, I don't want to keep people waiting too much about like, you know, like our little reveal. But the, the game that I did play, I'll, I'll give that real quick. It was a, a Townscape. Oh, super. I've been waiting to play that one. It's cute, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, it's it's very relaxing. I didn't I, I mean, it's not really like a game. It's more like a like a relaxing kind of experience. You just build like a little city on the water. Um, and it's it's kind of it's kind of nice. I mean, I don't know if it's like if I would recommend it to everyone. I, I definitely don't think it's for everyone. But if you just want to like chill in a chair and like you know build something, mm. and that's it, then it's kind of nice. Yeah. I mean, it is relaxing. I, I liked it. I like. I'm it really life. glad when we get these games. You know, like puzzling places or cubism. Uh, they just they're really good for like when you're done with a busy workday, you come home. And you're like, ah, you know, and you spend your 20, 30 minutes in VR and you're done. So yeah. uh, I'm glad you like that the only one because I haven't gotten a chance. I, I, I liked it, but I don't know if I would pay like the money for it that actually, you know, that the game costs. 20? Like it's How like, it? I no, it's less than that. I think, I think it was like, 
like 12 Canadian dollars. I don't know the exact oh, US price. So, uh, oh, You're cheap. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm cheap. I am cheap. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. After such a nice intro, you know? <laughs> all nice. right, all right. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's move on to our first current unveiling. Thank you, Rowdy. Uh, thank you for, for getting me eager and, and hyped up for, for Townscaper. All right, first one, uh, or second one. Um, she has been all over the news and for all the wrong reasons, but we won't go into that. This last is a firecracker and a barrel full of monkeys all in one. When she's not green screening herself pre-flight, she's panhandling on Twitter, looking for podcast jobs to just come her way. And well, here you are. I guess it worked. Uh, a warm welcome, a very warm welcome to Adam Bombati. Welcome to F Reality. <laughs> hey, Hi. look at the nice reveal. <laughs> what a I great wasn't sure light. how long the curtain took, so I was like, how long do I hold it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah wow. I, I need to remove the curtain as well. Just a second there. There we go. <laughs> Super excited. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the crew. And uh, for people who don't know you, Adam, tell us who you are. Yeah, so I, um, my name is Adam Bombadi, or Adam for short. Um, I have been across the interwebs, mostly doing, uh, I have a split of different types of content. I do tutorials on YouTube to be able to help other people who want to get into VR content creation, um, learn how to be able to stream and record VR because it can be difficult and disastrous. Mm. Um, on, on TikTok, <laughs> that's a little bit more unhinged, I want to say. Uh, <laughs> I post a little bit more of the unique VR games that are out there uh, in a slightly more humorous tone. And, um, but yeah, as like a, a small minor shill, I guess I'm also a product marketing over at live the VR capture software, but, uh, don't worry all I won't talk about that too, too much. <laughs> this is a good time for me to get nice. this out there. Actually. Um, I've never used live, <laughs> which might surprise <gasps> really? some. I've been How like dare. eight years That's at okay. this. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I did, I specifically didn't mention that in the interview, right? I ducked that one, but I've done like, I've done like. Green screen suit, you know, covered up with uh, for Beat Saber, kind of a cyber suit job. Mixed reality through Minecraft, but um, the stuff you can do with Live now is is pretty incredible. Like I've seen a lot of creators now using the feature where you don't even need a green screen, and uh, it's just it, it, it's kind of mad. Yeah. So AI probably have to learn mobile. something, you know, from from There's all of that. There's something for everyone, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> But uh, very welcome to the show. Uh, nice green background there. I'll let chat do whatever they want with that background. And um, oh God. With, with, <laughs> with that, inviting the demons uh, of the show, let's move on. Uh, going last isn't easy, but this guy's used to tearing things down only to bring them back to life, fixed and fully operational. And that's what this podcast needs. It needs its very own maker of the $5 million man. He's an LBE specialist, a bootstrap stealth starter, and a jet setter who just won't stay put. Please welcome the VR tech to the podcast. Jose, I heard you're here to reboot F Reality. Let's go. What's up, you guys? Welcome hey. to the show, man. Hey. Yeah. 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 Party now. Trying. Yeah, I know, right? Like, I, I was actually listening to you hype up everybody. I was like, I'm about to cheer up. I was like, oh, wait, we're doing a podcast. It's like a different... <laughs> A different school of thought, guys. But yeah, man. Um, what's up, you guys? My name is Jose Santiago. I'm also known as the VR tech. Um, I dabbled a lot in the VR industry, um, usually behind the scenes. Um, the last three to four years, I kind of been kind of putting my face out there, literally, right? With uh, yeah. with Reboot Imagine, LB, as you guys mentioned. But uh, 
you guys will learn a lot about me along the way. I don't want to bore you guys too much. Um, oh man, so. there was nothing. There was nothing boring <laughs> about you, Jose. The first one of the first things uh, Jose was talking to me about, which is an awesome story. Maybe we'll save it for another show. But uh, when he talked about a modded DK one. This man had me at hello. You know somewhere what I mean? in there. It's somewhere in there. <laughs> I purposely actually have it aside to show you guys. So, yeah, so I think cool. we should do like a really cool like showcase of the custom hardware that, that I play that, around with. That guys. literally sounds amazing. We will we will Hell definitely yeah. do a spotlight on that stuff. Welcome to the show, Adam and Jose. Uh, chat, now yes. you know who it is. I got to say, Adam did an amazing job at trolling a lot of you with the uh, <laughs> the silhouetted cutouts in the thumbnail. I'm sorry <laughs> that we're not Frodo and Sam. I'm sorry that we're not Elon and Mark. Um, what uh, were the other? There were some other ones. So I apologize. Was it's literally just a, I did read. You know, I did read for the role though, but you know, you know. <laughs> it was a two person random silhouette stock art, and I was like, ah, the height difference is probably mostly accurate. It'll be fine. Oh, it was really. Good. I, you had me questioning. I didn't know who it was. I was like, who? Who did she cut out? It was that. You know. So, oh, that's fun. That's fun. Well, there you go. Now the curtains drawn back. We can get into things now. Uh, I had a little icebreaker here for these guys. It is a classic thing from F Reality, something from our distant past. But the balance in the force, measure it. We must. Now, there's no wrong answer here. The ejector seat might fire off, but I, I promise it's not Rowdy or I pulling the trigger on that one. So the question for both of you, Jose first, okay. are you team Apple or are you team Android? <sighs> See, Ooh. when I when I pick loyalties, I really go above and beyond. So I'm team Android, but I went like team Android experimental. So oh my, you've got a folding <laughs> screen phone. Which one is so, that? So this is the uh, the Z Flip Four, I think it's called the uh, the fold right. or fold flip. It's just cool. Uh, I needed a. Cool. I, I love Android devices. I like big screens. So, oh my my. VR, Great. unfortunately, we're gonna be good friends. <laughs> we're gonna be good friends. Like Rowdy pulled Hell me yeah. over to Team Android some years ago. Adam, what about Let's you? Go. I I am Android. I am Team Android. I mean, I've had I've had Apple products in the past, and they're fine. But I just like uh, being able to futz around with the uh, with Android stuff a little better, even if we do get things yeah, a little no. bit slower. You're not above 65, so it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Man, Mike and Nathan are going to be pissed. And, and Apple, you guys need to sort us out then. You're going to have to drag us back screaming and kicking when you come out with your good mm -hmm. AR products. So, uh, Convince me. No. Display mirroring. Display mirroring is all they got to do. Display mirroring. <sighs> It's all, it's, it's all very important. I agree. But yeah. man, the uh, the wild roaming uh, hills of, of Android have been very friendly for me as well. Yeah. I agree. It's nice to be able to show certain things off that way when you stream or whatever. So easy to get under the hood. Um, anyway, with that, right? So um, let's see. What has chat been up to? What have they been saying? Um, Adam or Rowdy, you guys got anything pulling out? I've people. <laughs> People seem to be very excited, like a lot of warm welcomes for uh, Jose and for Adam. Oh, uh, I see that a lot, like uh, some people <laughs> are surprised, but in a positive way, <laughs> okay, like because uh, I saw like some people like uh, shouting Jose's name. They couldn't believe it was him, but uh, <laughs> it, it sure is. Uh, so it's yeah, That's it's been awesome. it's been it's been really a warm welcome. I do want to uh, say so too, fantastic. it's like. Um, and I think Jose will probably agree. Like we're not looking, nobody can replace uh, Mike or Nathan. They are yeah. national Dude, treasures. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
So hopefully we can add um, something different, maybe, but definitely not a replacement. Nobody can replace them. Um, A different flavor, (laughs) I like to call it. You know what I mean? Like different spice, especially Nathy, man. Like that swagger, man. I can't. And Mike, like you can't, you can't. You know what I mean? Like so, we're gonna try though. I'll shave bald and in, uh, you know, to try. Oh hell yeah! Now we're talking. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I saw Eric already commenting. So wait, who's the bold one right now? Man, it's like Team Hair Club in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, oh man, no, we got we got great locks up in here, man. It's it's fantastic. So great new crew. I I, I can't agree more though. Um, for those of you who have been through a a podcast family change up in the past, I went through it personally. Um, I say personally because it feels really personal. I watched four hundred <laughs> episodes of like Rooster Teeth podcast. And uh, when they started changing members up, it, you feel like so, like a friend of yours has moved town or something. It's like you don't have that same kind of close connection, but they're still there. They're still reachable. You can still have them come and come and visit on occasion. And, and so that's what we'll do with Mike and Nathy as well. Looking forward to that. Anyway, awesome. uh, back up. So now to my highlight uh, or update for the week. But my highlight was Bone Lab, but we'll get into that a little bit later. <laughs> In, so instead, let me uh, take a moment to reflect uh, publicly. Um, I did ask for some criticism of the podcast uh, last time, and I did mean it uh, because you can't get better without, you know, going through these these cycles. And I saw four different people uh, mentioning on the last cast video saying that I was talking over Nathan and Rowdy in some key parts. And I've seen that in some previous episodes uh, once or once or so. So um, I got to say, fair enough. You know, uh, I get excited and in Ireland, people talk over one another. That's just like a cultural thing. Um, it's like a spoken survival tactic more than anything else. So seriously, getting a word in edgewise as an American was very difficult at first when I moved to Ireland at like 15 years old. So I learned to raise a hatchet and carve a path for myself. Uh, but I get that it can come off as rude and rather than enthused. Uh, so I'm asking the new team now uh, to help me. Pair me back to make sure I'm not overspilling or cutting you off. It's that streamer vibe in me that wants to talk all the time. Do you do a spray so bottle? I, like, it's... A spray <laughs> bottle sounds amazing. We used to do that with our cats, and I think that would totally work. Now we just need to no, get a we... button push that has a spray can in internet. here. We're, We're over the internet, so it has to be something cool. So it has to be like a shock collar or something like that. Oh, God. Oh, man. Now We're going to get into that a little later, Jose. He knows already. Let's go. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, no, I got to admit, like sometimes you got to take a slap in the face or a punch in the gut to like keep yourself in check. And so I do want to say thank you for feeding back because uh, you guys are really good at that. And our our, our chat shouldn't be uh, hesitant to say something they feel, even if you think you're the only one who thinks it. Uh, just say it, you know. So um, the other thing that you'll probably notice, and I saw some people in chat talking about this at the beginning, you'll notice that uh, a few things haven't changed yet, right? It would have obviously spoiled the intro. Uh, certain things like our banners on YouTube, Twitch and Twitter Right, the intro video, the website. Give us time; it'll take us a little bit, and it'll be a mismatch for the time being. Uh, but we ask, like, don't get too hung up on that. Uh, the last intro video and and all that, it took us six months to design it. So you know, give us a little bit of time. We want to settle in with the with the new joiners, um, and then see what we're feeling for the new look. Uh, that's high on our hit list, so it won't be too long. I'm thinking we'll probably have it sorted by January, and I'm hoping even before then. But the thing is, if you're going for a proper job, proper artists and stuff take time, right? And finding them takes time. Um, The existing intro is rad. I think we'll all agree to that. It's really cool. Has the right music and all of that. Some of those things we might keep. We might go completely fresh. I don't know. It's going to be tough to top that one. Uh, But let's see how we fare. I have a lot of faith in this crew. We're as colorful and loud and boisterous to think as you can get as a crowd. So I'm um, looking forward to that. And for those who 
the rare few of you who actually, you know, trance over to our website, our website updates with a little bio on each of the new uh, folks and us updated goes live tonight at freality.tv. Uh, another thing that we're committing to uh, doing a little bit more on the social side for you. And in that vein, I'd like to welcome you back onto Discord and encourage you to drop in your thoughts after today's show and to connect with us when we're not live. Uh, we are actually using Discord now. We used to use Twitter to kind of coordinate within the podcast. So you'll actually see us there a bit more um, and hope to hear from you. And also, if you've got something to promote, feel free to promote it there as well. We've got a promotion channel. Uh, this, In terms of how frequent this happens, the podcast is going to remain fortnightly. So every two weeks, expect to see these friendly faces for yet another reality-busting show. And with that, great. I, Sounds I awesome. think it's time for the news, everyone. So let's get on that hamster wheel. Okay. Yes. Now, firstly, I'd like to start off with a bit of a sensitive one. God, it feels like the last podcast now, <laughs> but more more to get the word out than anything. Not as, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So unfortunately, uh, on September 26th, David Wilcox passed away. He was known as Dave Station VR. Um, we learned about this the past over the past week that Dave, a well-loved YouTube creator and streamer who's no longer with us. Um, that was tough news to, to take for a lot of people. And honestly, I didn't know the guy myself, having seen a wonderful cast and send-off memorial that the VR community arranged for Dave. It was absolutely heartwarming. I mean, I love seeing love in this community, and that was like the cherry on the cake. It was amazing. Um, they did an excellent job in memorial. And following that, getting to see and sample Dave's like brimming, awesome spirit has somehow been healing, even though I don't qualify among Dave's closest mourners. Like, I didn't know him, but there's still this recorded piece of him to watch online. And I've never made friends with someone after they've passed on, but damn, like Dave has this special aura about him. So maybe I will. I mean, he has this warming voice like VR's own Mr. Rogers, and there's just something comfortable and familiar about Dave. So like, as I was scrolling back in his YouTube feed over like five years of streams, reviews, the podcast, um, one-off video creations, I could honestly see a friend in him. And, um, you know, there's no doubt that's why he was honey for all our buzzing VR bees. He has such a wonderfully frank manner about him. Um, anyway, the, the point I'm trying to make here is that, like, if you count yourself among the VR community, whether you're new to this or old, you know, you've got a place here. Uh, this is a unique kind of global population. It, it feels like having a home, even if you don't have one. Um, so please, you know, look up PSVR without parole. The video is called Remembering Dave Station VR. A loss like this one cuts deep. Life goes on, maybe it does, but this simulation is missing a key player. And we're going to remember Dave. You know, so. Very nice, yeah. him. Uh did you guys happen to know him? I said, I'm new to the North America scene. I, I didn't know him, you know, personally, but did either of you guys bump into him? And I know you guys do conventions and jumps and stuff yeah. like that, but. Not personally. Um, uh, I, I did some light dealings when it came to live with them, just PSVR uh, uh, parole Without in general. Parole? But yeah, yeah. I that, sorry, that doesn't roll off the tongue. <laughs> I've always had a hard time with it. But um, but yeah, I was so sad to hear the news. And, and yeah, I almost... Yeah it's almost, you know, I'm kicking myself because yeah, I, I just wish in hindsight that I, you know, had gotten to know him better, um, was able to um, appreciate his content more now. Cause I know, you know, in hindsight, um, yeah, you know, there's just so much that could have, that I could have said had I known more. Uh, yeah. but yeah, it's just it's super bummer. It's so, really sad. 
Yeah. Uh, that, that's absolutely it. But I, I just, um, it's weird because, you know, you go and introduce yourself to somebody on, on YouTube like that. I mean, after they're gone. And it, it, it was really weird for me because like what I saw there, it was like, man, I could have been buddies with this guy. He played all the same kind of games and like he's been a streamer. He's been through that. But like he's just such a warm dude. And um, it, it's weird like to feel hurt for somebody you didn't know. It's 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 kind of strange, but um, it's a good community we've got here. And so yeah. uh, in honor of all that, I'm going to flip over to some PSVR news. Um as our next little bit. So this is the PS5 just got prison bossed. And um, IGN this week ran an article speaking about a jailbreak for PlayStation 5. Um, so that's interesting news as we approach next year's 2023 launch for PSVR 2. Um, a modern named Spectre Dev not only unveiled the jailbreak, uh, but also installed uh, PT, the classic horror demo, which I personally love. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and... Uh, show, you know, showed it being installed on modern hardware. Mind you, the jailbreak only runs on October 2021 build of the PS5 firmware, so it's not exactly bleeding edge. But uh, this does beg the question, like, with chipped consoles, how long is it going to be before we see a dodgy ad for PSVR 2 games to be sideloaded or something onto your PS5? So the battle of, like, platform versus anarchists, I think, is, like, just starting in that. Yeah. In that. And I've seen locally, for example you know, ads that say, oh, we can load your your Quest 2 with 90 games or whatever. And I always feel a bit wrong about that, having known a lot of personal, you know, relationships with devs and stuff like that and how much it hits them. Um, but I will mention this one thing. Although this showed off the ability to install, I don't think they were actually able to run games because there's a, yeah. a second level like blacklist on the PS5 itself that prevents you. So you can install it, but you have to have a license to run it. So you have to mm. like own the property, you have to have the game in there. You have to have the jailbreak enabled, but you can't punch through that second blacklist that stops you actually launching the title. So at the moment, this isn't like exactly. the Wild West yet, but it's a crack in their armor, right? I, I think it's a big crack as well. I think like the, the next step will probably follow not soon after this, because like once they break this, then uh, I mean, maybe Jose can probably like comment on that better than I do, considering his experience <laughs> with like, you know, these kind of devices. Yeah. But uh yeah, I think that once this is done, like the next step is probably fairly plausible. Yeah. Yeah, I just and people are working on it. And um, like if you go to like the XDA community, there is a lot of active people working on the hardware back end, right? Because that's that's kind of how hardware, especially in the chip side of it, they're kind of how they're jailbreaking broken is kind of understanding the software layer first, which is what they just got. And then the rest is just hardware, right? It's figuring out how to break that code, which is pretty much a way of the hardware to authenticate the software which yep. is pretty much you know a, a few bits moving around right um and it's XD, exciting what is, what's xda i didn't i don't XDA know what that is. developers it's kind of like um one of the the especially for android development right a lot of people forget mm -hmm. that these like especially the xr2 chipsets all of these modern chips are, are kind of android devices for lack of a better word right mm -hmm. so um, usually when you want to look at like the VR scene and go look, you know, want to, want to see what's happening on the back end side, you go into Android development. That's kind of where everybody's messing with the XR2, uh, creating uh. custom firmwares. Like that's kind of where the, the next few years I'm kind of excited for. Like I'm, I don't know if you guys that are Android users, you guys remember Cyanogen mod or that any of those custom ROMs. So no, I'm, I'm no. an old school, I'm an old school Android guy. So <laughs> back in the day, like Android used to have these custom operating systems that people would make in order to kind of bypass the Google store and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And Sanajama was kind of like the 
the one that really blew off and it was compatible with like almost every device and it was a shared ecosystem that you can have the same OS on your HTC and on your Samsung, right? So that's coming for the XR2. When you think about it, like XR2 headsets are kind of floating everywhere. Yep. Eventually someone's going to say, hey guys, this is the open Oasis XR2 headsets are fully exactly. compatible. Oh, I can't wait for that. So yeah, that's because not, then you can oh, make dude. it your own, right? Like it's like, I want mm-hmm. my layer, my shell, like give me my interface. It's right? coming. It's yeah. coming. It is. Can't wait. Absolutely it's coming. And it's, it's, that's kind of why I, I stick around to like XDA, GBA temp, kind of like the, I'm saying too much. Cause like a lot of people are going to be like, they're going to figure out who I am in these forums. So let me stay quiet. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Sony, if you're listening, I love you guys. Um, <laughs> so, um, that's yeah. the way. No, excellent. I love it. We have the inside track here now. This is amazing. All right, good. Uh, well, so that that's that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's a good thing for the future. Maybe it's a bad thing. I think a little bit of anarchy in our lives is is always good, right? The challenge that's what of VR's all about, right? You got to break yeah. layers in order to kind of... That's, that's what made Android Android, guys. Like, I, mm-hmm. I always say that's like, right now, like all these headsets, once they blow open and everybody has the same exact ecosystem, the same exact environment, and you just connect mm-hmm. into like an open... Oh, man. I'm so hyped. That's when the the coin turns over. Very good. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of transformational, uh, um, I don't know, companies, uh, SideQuest recently had big news. So, um, for those of you who don't know, SideQuest, it's an app that allows you, or has in the past, allowed you to sideload games and additional uh, builds onto, for example, a quest at the beginning, and it's been expanding and getting. Uh, infusions of of capital um, as it's been going along. You know, Palmer Lucky, several other venture capitalist firms have have put money in, believing in the future of what is really like a modern day Oculus share for those who were around in the DK1 and DK2 days, which was a website where you could go and download, you know, indie games and content. Um, so Google Ventures, what they call GV, has led a $12 million US dollar Series A investment inside quest which is not a small amount of change um now series a for those who don't know is funding that is not in the proof of concept stage it's primarily focused on revenue growth and further hiring and development of the company's operations and marketing and so on and so forth um so essentially it's let's go make some money with this right so it's a proven case let's go expand um which i'm, I'm lovely to see for um shane and orla uh behind the team at SideQuest, we've had them on the podcast before. Uh, I will always fondly remember their dogs. Sorry, I'm going to smile at that one. <laughs> and um, and and I think like seeing this is great. And it's funny because like at the exact same time, they like you turned and dropped even more news. So obviously they they got the money and then they're just spending it straight away because App Lab DB, which was like a competitor to SideQuest and SideQuest's own, I'll call it app browser on the web. Uh, SideQuest is, from what I can tell acquiring App Lab DB, and they're going to nurture that site and keep it as it is. Uh, developer Rob Chinnery originally launched that in February 2021. And um, again, from another favorite of ours, Tony at, at scaredghost.com or Scarred Ghost, I still don't know how to pronounce that properly, uh, in 2021 did an interview with the original developer behind App Lab DB and answered a very important question. What's different about App Lab DB versus SideQuest? For those of you who maybe don't tinker with this stuff. Uh, so App Lab DB is considerably simpler, and this is a this is a response coming directly from the developer himself. App Lab DB is considerably simpler than SideQuest, and in many ways serves a different purpose. App Lab DB simply provides users with a basic list of apps that they can sort, browse, 
and search, whereas SideQuest includes a number of advanced community features as well as some editorial. I think SideQuest has done a, an incredible job of promoting indie content on the Quest as well as building a community around that content. But AppLabDV is more narrowly focused on just maintaining an easily accessible database of content sorted by quantitative metrics. And they're not alone in this. There are other websites as well, um, many of them, uh, that do this kind of feature. So I'm interested in maybe what um, what SideQuest is, is probably doing. Is my I would imagine is they're consolidating, right? They're looking to get as many of these feeds together with Google backing them. They're really going after not just one platform. They want to be the platform, right? And so across all your XR devices, whether it's Pico, whether it's Quest, I don't know if it could extend in some imaginable future now that Jose's painting this uh, for me, <laughs> that maybe that would be PSVR 2 one day and you could just take some developer's executable, run it on that headset. That sounds Android awesome Android existed before Google. And Google was the ones who took it to where it is. So XR2 chipset, SideQuest native environment. We'll see. I, it's coming. I'm so That's proud it. of SideQuest. I mean, they've been doing killer yeah. stuff. I mean, especially for um, a lot of the indie devs out there that kind of get stuck in the uh, even, well, App Lab hell, you know, on its own. I've heard horror stories about that but even just being able to get on the store and get some kind yeah. of visibility and have their game accessible in some way so i mean like i i use SideQuest so much so i'm so happy to see Same. that you know other companies are investing and believing them and i'm just really excited to see what the future holds because yeah it's kind of like uh, i don't want to say can of worms because that almost sounds negative yeah. but like you know there's there's now more more stuff that they can do with all this extra funding so it'll be really interesting exactly. to see what and they the, do with it and they're such nice people as well. Like they really got it out for like VR and they really wanted to succeed and they're doing so much in order to like make it like in the platform that everyone kind of wants, you know, the Oculus store to be. Uh, so them getting that funding is like so well-deserved and uh, like it makes me more excited about VR uh, than probably Meta has done in quite a while. Yeah. yeah. It's Good unfortunate, job, right? Yeah. Yeah. Looking definitely. forward to what you're bringing next, right? And, and with that, and again, I know we've shown some new faces here on the podcast today. I wanted to also mention that their Sidekick program, which is their verified reviewer program, added five names. And we know these names. So I thought I'd call them out, give them a little bit of a, a push. So we got VR with Jasmine, Kaz and Cherry, Steve Knows, That VR Girl, and Tetiana from Disco VR. So congratulations to all of you. Because I was like, you're all on amazing the team. People. How did you just barely get to be <laughs> in the sidekick <laughs> when you're like the community manager? But I don't know. I thought that was so funny. That's like, amazing. Oh, congratulations. What a surprise. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. That's so awesome. Um, I really love the 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 the, the sidekicks. What do you call sidekicks? I love that. Yeah. That's it's, so it's, cute. It's super dope. Sidekick. The sidekick. Yeah. So it's such yeah, a great name. I, I like it how they play with that name That's, as well. Like, uh -huh. you know, side quest, sidekick. That's like, such yeah, a good it name. It works very what well. Did, yeah. what, now, sure. chat will know this, but uh, I can't remember. What what did side quest used to be called initially? It had a name before it became side quest. That's a question for the ages. Chat's going to get it. Whoever gets it first in chat, you win a prize. All right? Um, pride. <laughs> Let's move on. This is going to be a long <laughs> show pride. if I don't keep going. Right. Huh? <laughs> so... Three headset teases for you that we've gotten in the last two weeks. Okay, Magic Leap, Vario, and HTC. First off, Magic Leap 2. This one snuck in. I, I don't know what the deal is. Maybe they got sick of jumping whales and people getting disappointed with little flutes or something. But there is a headset now available. You can go buy one um, or at least order one uh, for 3,300 US dollars. So not cheap, but it looks it looks 
awesome. It's really shrunk down the form factor. It's compact, nearing a more what I'll call dinner party friendly design. Like it's starting to look pretty cool. Uh, it's smaller by 50 percent, lighter by 20 percent than the original. It sports an AMD Zen 2 processor, 12.6 megapixel camera and a couple more for the tracking. Uh, 3.5 hour battery, 256 gigabytes of storage. That's a lot for an AR headset. 60 frames per second hand tracking and it just looks pretty cool. But why haven't I heard about this one? I've heard about nothing. There's an enterprise model as well and a sandwich middle layer one, but that's going to set you back $5,000. So these things are not cheap and they're not for playing Gorilla Tag, right? So I don't know. does Matt, what does Magic Leap mean to you two, the newbies? Because um, we've, we've covered it before, but have you ever had your face in one of these? Like the original Magic Leap or, or Magic Leap 2? <laughs> Uh, I mean, so, at least for me, oh, yeah. go ahead. I was like, like for me personally, <laughs> awkward. Here comes the politeness. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. Um, I haven't personally, but I, I think it's one of those things where it's like, who are they trying to cater to? Like, what's their market? And I think yeah, that's yeah. also kind of a tough point because 3000 that's not casual. I mean, well, for me anyway, it's not like just casual spending money. That's kind of like you know, hardcore, you know, be really hardcore enthusiast past even index level. Um, yeah. So are there... It's like when you're like a, when you're like a couple of months on a podcast and I will be like... Cheap, yeah, exactly. You know, we'll like, just sort <laughs> you that out. Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you all come in with like gold chains? Yeah, sounds good, man. That's pretty dope. Just pocket chains. I actually was, I actually got to see the Magic Leap in 2014 before they even went like oh, announced wow. what they had oh, i yeah. actually interviewed for a systems engineer and i was able to see like the original elephant demo that they oh. had before they even had a headset made um i didn't get the job unfortunately um but it was it was really dope i couldn't talk about it at all like during the entire time until like i saw the headset i was like oh that's what it was but yeah that's incredible. I'm still waiting for the whale. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, dude. And, and you, it, so it was you, a while, it, it, while back. Their headquarters is in Florida too, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep, yep. Oh, it's okay. Sunrise. It's, it was about 35 minutes away from where I live. So it was it was really cool. Like the, the guys yeah. there were like telling me about all this stuff. And I'm like, why? You guys don't got like mental reality working? And I mean, they did, you know, <laughs> at some point at that time. But uh, it oh. was super cool. And like where, where they're at now is just insane because they've gone through ups and downs like it's a florida yeah. company right like uh florida companies unfortunately kind of go through hopefully mine is different but like florida <laughs> companies always go through this weird phase but it's it's super cool where they're at now and a three thousand dollar headset is kind of dope knowing where they yeah. you know especially personally for me we're seeing their office a few years ago and seeing all that just man it, it's super cool Ah, uh, Sony, and and let's let's take a moment for you to plug your stuff because people are still new to you here. Rebootimagine.com is that your yeah? Website? Reboot Imagine. That's uh that's my company. I focus on LBE stuff, right? Because that's kind of like what I do, right? Because everybody right now is kind of focused on creating, like like Magic League, for example, like Meta, and all these cool people. And like, I just like to have fun, man. Like, yo, let's let's build a four player arena, man. Let's let's build an arcade. So that's kind of what I do. That sounds awesome. Um, yeah. So for those who don't know it, because I know for years in the past, it used to confuse me, LBE, location-based location experience. Based. So yes. imagine those people who, you know, in years past had backpack PCs were wandering around, right? Oh, dude, I remember Rowdy yeah. and I in the Vertigo offices playing a game where you were very big, Rowdy, and I think I was very, very small, and we were playing some puzzle room escape game or something. But, um, <laughs> they're really it's, special. It's been awesome. And they're also like their own thing. So mm -hmm. I can't wait to... Mind you oh, for dude. more information on this, on this topic. I'm excited. Because it's, 
we've missed it. We like, like I don't yeah. get to play that. Right. We've been locked up for a couple of years. Like I need to Dude, know. It's, need it's, to it's know. crazy. I was actually talking to Mike, um, Mike, right. So, Mike, Mike. um, Mike. Yes, Mike, Mike, right. So I was actually talking to him at, at the veil event and we were talking about LBE and, and, you know, kind of like blowing his mind and, and you, you end up realizing it's like, Oh man, like the LBE side of VR is, is, completely ignored and flying under the radar but absolutely you know upcoming the podcast is a really cool event happening in november we're like it's high-end vr we're talking about remember like all the companies that go to this commercial side of vr that's where they go so i'm gonna bring you guys so so much cool news and content <laughs> so yeah that's... you guys will learn a, a lot about lb with, with me don't worry <laughs> oh man that sounds that sounds awesome i can't wait to hear more about that event um a oh, yeah. couple of other things here so the other thing, the other news that we got was the Vario Arrow for $2,000. So, you know, we're, we're slowly going down the, the food chain here. Vario Arrow, right now available at GameStop. I don't know what that's about. That's a bit yeah. of a surprise, right? $2,000 headset at deal. GameStop? Shut it's up. It's because their stock market value went so yeah. much up. Like, you know, uh, it's now easier to afford it. Real like. quick, shout out to Knox Labs. Those are my homies. Those are what? the guys behind making it all happen. So oh. you were wondering how it happened. That's that's the, the people to talk to. So it's really dope, man. Right. It, it's super cool, like, what's happening with VR, right? Like, that's what's happening right now. Everybody's kind of figuring out. It's like, yo, there's interest. Let's, let's get these people, you know, let's get the supply chain fired up. So it's really cool that everybody's getting those momentum it's, there's money yeah, in absolutely. vr guys I, that's, that's, that's <laughs> the thing that's the thing right people are finally seeing it. investors are actually saying mm -hmm. how can i get my piece and that's yep. like what gv's just done um this is interesting because for those who aren't that close to the value era it's like their um consumer or prosumer facing headset um there was a particularly good review done by kaz and cherry uh, of this headset i thought and potential use cases for you would be if you're into Microsoft Flight Simulator and you're a simmer, like hardcore simmer and in the 80s, you had panels on the walls and stuff. This is probably be the headset you'd be using. If you're an architect using Gravity Sketch or something, again, probably for you. It's got a three point adjustable head strap, auto IPD adjustment. I do note as an audiophile, it's got a fan in there that's audible in the headset, but not if you hear where, mm. you know, over your headphones. But the clarity and the brightness, like the nits from this headset, are top notch better than the G2, right? You can get the G2 for what? Is it 400 now? 600? 400. I can't remember. It was 400 on sale anyway. And uh, this thing's 2000, right? But you're that's what you're paying for. You're paying money for the visuals. So um, if you're an enthusiast, a prosumer, and you've got that kind of cash, it's going to be coming to a corner shop near you. Very cool. Very cool announcement for VR. Um, beyond that, we got a little bit of a tease from our friends at HTC. Um, it looks like it might be like the Flow 2. If you didn't catch it last year, the Flow came out, a kind of convenience device, a consumer uh, movie-watching health app headset uh, that looked like kind of fat sunglasses that you could take on a plane and watch things with you. Those launched for $500, and HTC and some interesting responses that they've had on Twitter seem to claim that this is inexpensive. Um, so we'll see what it is. At the moment, we didn't get much more than a flash of an image. and the corner... Um, I thought somewhere it, someone mentioned that they did confirm it was going to be a headset. Um, I believe it's a headset. But That's right. It almost, I mean, it is hard to tell just based off a, like a shiny corner, but it almost looks like it could be glasses like because they are making sure that, you know, like, oh, thinner is better or whatever their whole like slogan was for that. So, <laughs> yeah, <they're>, yeah. <laughs> something like that. So, um, yeah, yeah. That's, it's so weird. 
I'm I'm very curious. So, that, that picture does not say anything though. Nope. Like it's just like I mean, what is it even <laughs> like? It's like a corner of something, but it could be a controller. Oh, yeah, it could it's be true. a headset. I mean, it could be a phone. Like yeah. for all I know. Did like, you guys yeah. like the 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 flow? I didn't try it. I've seen it, okay. but I didn't get to try it. I saw it in person when Mike was trying okay. it for the first time. <laughs> I was sitting across the table. <laughs> That's awesome. It was funny. That's I was so cool. like, ah, but I didn't bother the guy. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm just hoping they have a controller. If, if, if they are doing a second one, don't, don't try to use the mobile device as a controller. It's, absolutely. it's not that clever. It's, it's annoying. So yeah. The Samsung Gear VR, see, please. Yeah. Uh, that is such a, that is such a good call out Jose, because the Samsung Gear VR times of where you're in multiplayer, like poker lobbies and people are clonking against the side of the headset to press <laughs> buttons. It's, it, it's annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's, there's not a perfect solution to that yet. Like if it's got hand tracking, that would probably be the best right where we want to get yeah. to. Cause having a separate device, like I remember when the Oculus go launched and I don't know why they didn't ship it with a lens protector that where you could snap the controller oh, in. Some people 3d printed that later, but that's like, so that you could carry it like a little purse or something. Right. And just throw yeah. it in your luggage or something. Anyway. So that's <laughs> HTC's offering. All right. This is the last of the quick news bites. Um, this one excites me the most. Samsung is bringing e-skin, which is bringing pain and the hotness. Okay. So it was featured in this month's article for All Things Haptics newsletter. We got an awesome mention of Samsung's e-skin. Now, it's a new technology that aims to simulate various senses similar to human skin from pain to temperature to pressure changes. Okay. So applications are for monitoring patients for bed sores if they're sitting in a hospital bed for too long. <laughs> Boring. Or giving Zim his long desired pain and pleasure Rosanna band experience that he's yearned for for years. This tech is a few years off for sure, right? It's probably five, maybe 10 years. Uh, but all I've got to do is survive the coming nuclear holocaust and bam, we're in the money. Right. That's so the cool. author of this digest, in case you're interested in haptics and shaky stuff and feely stuff like I am, uh, the author is Ashley Huffman, a Torontonian who lives in, in the same city as me. And I urge you to go subscribe, search for all things haptics if you're into haptics stuff. What about both of you? I don't know. We never asked this question. So just like the Android question, are you into haptics? Are you into shaky stuff or not really yes. for you? Yes. And yes, actually, absolutely. Um, at CES in particular this year, there was a ton, like a ton of haptics, like so many gloves and and like just backpacks, like the full systems. It was really cool. There was one in particular that this reminds me of that actually did do temperature because it was just one. They were also gloves, um, but it was like ceramic. There were like ceramic plates that were inside of the glove. So they would have you touch the like a candle flame and you could actually feel the hot. And I think in the uh, the scene that they had you in, maybe it was an ice cube, something cold so that you would know and mm. you were touching that and then it would change to cold. And it was startling. It was really... Um, yeah. It was something else. It's really hard to describe, but yeah, because like you're just, you're touching something virtually hot and it's actually like, ah, oh, like your body's natural reaction is I shouldn't touch this. But then I'm like, no, I want to try it because technology. <laughs> exactly. I, I like you said that. I, I actually was about to, I love haptics, but I feel that haptics actually disconnect me from immersion, right? Like the oh. moment that I feel like I touch something hot, that's what happens to me. It's like, oh, my brain is telling me this is not real. So then I get just finicky and I start breaking the immersion. Like I start touching the heat. Right. That's the, that's the problem with like haptic demos. Right. Like they have you do all these weird things that you normally won't be doing. Like, why would I want a cloud raining on my hand? Right. Like that's not <laughs> haptics for me. Right. Like I feel like for me, I, 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 
I want to see like some uh, a demo where they don't even tell you you're in haptics and then just have you play a game and then like experience haptics. That's that I've never experienced yeah. a demo like that. That's I'm, I'm kind of waiting for if, that. If, if if they really want to make this popular, they just need to like you know send this to streamers and then have like you know chat like interact with the with the with the with the suit itself so that you can oh, like literally yes. torture the streamer <laughs> that you're looking at. Next generation. Um, have, yeah, you heard, have you guys that's, heard? That's going to be. Have you guys heard of Genghis VR? The, yes. So no. at Genghis VR, um, she or uh, Genghis Big is TikToker. amazing. Like just YouTube too. yeah, huge TikToker. But what Genghis is doing is that Genghis is wearing a haptic be haptic suit and allowing the chat to like interact with the haptic suit. So they're drawing letters on the haptic, and or every time that they Smart. they spam F, dude, it's it's so gnarly. Like I love I love that interaction. What's the, what platform is that? So TikTok, you said, but any of the others? YouTube as uh, well. I think it's a YouTube. Uh, um, it's Genghis VR. I, I follow Genghis on TikTok. That's that's kind of like where all the cool awesome. uh, VR content That's where all the cool stuff is happening. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, right. dude. Uh, I don't want to say like that because I know so many badass YouTubers that it, it just... But yes, if you're not on TikTok, you're kind of going to get swollen. <laughs> but yeah, dude. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm Genghis. Yeah, dude. Check, like, check Genghis out. One thing about haptics in particular too, or when it comes to hand tracking, that's that's something difficult that I have with hand tracking because games like Unplugged, for example, I, I kind of, I feel like I need that feedback because if I don't, I don't know if I'm hitting the buttons right. Or it's kind of like I had my controllers break once uh, when I was doing Ragnarok or not break, but the haptics didn't work. And man, when you don't have the haptics, that's how much you notice that you really need it, especially for rhythm games. So I will say um, that's one of my kind of biggest gripes about hand tracking right now is not having that like any kind of haptics that receptive feedback to know hey you did the thing that you wanted to do yeah uh, so e-skin e-skin comes right in here gives <laughs> you all the feeling that you want but i was curious about the, the, the ceramic part there like um mm -hmm. rowdy might be able to answer this but why ceramic does it heat up it's conductive oh electricity it's okay. conductive yeah yeah i think so you control I think that's it. the reason why because like it's it's easy to conduct heat and 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 um uh, like Colt with it. Because that's the number one problem that I find with haptics is there's an inherent delay. And if you're sensitive to microsecond delay, right, you notice it. Like I've always mm -hmm. noticed it with a sub pack or something else. It's not that the beat is not arriving at the time that it should. It's arriving 200 milliseconds too late or 300, you know, and, and I know the same thing would be true for temperature, right? When I touch it, I should feel it as I'm touching it, not even that micro bit oh, afterwards. So I'm really curious at how this tech evolves. Uh, obviously, I've seen those gloves which fill up with water and stuff to give you pressure. Um, it's just so cool. It like feels like we're living through Star Trek era now. Yeah. There's all these things. So hoping I can yeah. get out to CES maybe next year. That would be super fun. See I mean, what else you've got temperatures, got. you've got haptics, you've got smells. Like, smells? You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Smell oh, stuff dude, in the VR. smell stuff like... is crazy. Oh, man. Oh, and I have to say, Jose... I now get mm -hmm. it. I know Genghis. She's the freaking Skyrim gal. Yeah, yes. I know her, I know her well. Dude. We uh, oh, sometimes hang so out. So good. It's like, uh, <laughs> I know her. She's nuts. Awesome. Totally yeah. nuts. Yeah, Dude. absolutely. Oh All for that. All for that. Top, 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 top creator in my in my world. And, <laughs> and, and, and since we're speaking about like conventions and shows like that, let's move to Vail Miami, our first kind of yeah, yeah. major topic. Big deal. You were both there in person, which is fantastic. Me, so yep. I'll give a little bit of an intro to it, and then I'm going to let these two take it away. So um, Veil VR, so some of you might not know what that is, seeing as it's not out yet. 
um, is an online multiplayer five versus five shooter focused on tactical gunplay and combat. Uh, it's a team-based action game akin to Counter-Strike or other well-known FPS games that have gone to the tournament scene. And four teams competed live on stage at Super Blue Miami in Florida um, on October 1st. The winning team was Vortex, took home 20 grand USD uh, as the main prize, uh, which is pretty neat. Yeah. And the things that maybe stood out to me in terms of the onstage performance, um, I saw modified index panels that were going from lit up to off. And I hope Rowdy can get to show this one from lit up to off when a player died. It was so neat to have that it interaction. Was fantastic. It, they they knocked it out the park, man. It was that's 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 one of the, the, the top things they did is they they're paying attention. Like I, I got to. You know, as somebody in the LBE space, bro, they that I'm glad you mentioned that because I was That's hoping a, that, it, yeah. How did that work? Is that a modified frunk that like installs in the electronics? I suppose are just behind the panel. Is that yeah? The, so the index in the has a US the index has a USB port right there that you can actually interface with. So they actually went above and beyond and really interfaced with it, right? So <laughs> that that's my that's my take on it. They're probably using it just to power the device and maybe using like wireless commands remotely i would love to talk to chris and the people that behind the yeah the ivrl league because an ax labs honestly they it, the production the you know as a fan right because i i kind of pay attention to that side of it all right that's that's kind of what i do for a living is production and lbe and genuinely the interactions the the performances uh thrill seeker oh man thrill seeker my guy um really knocked it out the park uh honestly he did this really amazing o2 vr halftime yeah. show so like sweet. honestly it, that the the first thing i told told the homie was like dude you you made me cry are you taking this on tour <laughs> right because yeah. it's you i um i think he said something about posting it on youtube to be quite honest I hope he doesn't do that to you guys. I, I don't think I don't think that you guys should experience that like on video. It's that yeah. powerful. Different, it, right? It, it, dude, it made me cry. Like we forget, like VR's been around for a while. So like he had like all these like a mashup, a uh, demo acro who does a lot of cool stuff for for Vale and AX Labs, like really did like some cool footage for him and he got a shot on in the video. So I was actually next to Demo Acro who didn't even know that was happening. So he I was next to him when he saw the shadow happening in video. This guy was sobbing. So was it was so just emotional. a really cool. Yeah, man. It was so cool to just remember like why we're in this space in the first place. And yeah, um, yeah man, I, to be quite honest, it, it kind of like lit a fire on my ass. Like when it comes to just virtual reality and esports, like I don't know if you guys saw, but Team Infinite, I kind of talked to uh, Julian Slater, Techman Jew on Twitter and, and on socials. And I was like, hey, dude. Like, how do we build an esports team? So I kind of, yeah. I'm kind of hyped up. So next year, they're, they're, I, hopefully they're, they're coming back. They said so. Maybe next year, I'm like hyping it up in the podcast. I'm like, hey, we're going next year to get some money. So, you know, <laughs> it, it's super cool that uh, that esports is uh, in the VR space is coming, man. Yeah. Super cool stuff. Shout out to all of them over there. They, 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 they killed it. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It's really interesting too that they to did Adam. fly out. Yeah, yeah, they they flew out a lot of people. I mean, I got to finally meet Mike in person. Uh, Cass mm -hmm. was there. Thrill Seeker lives in yeah. Florida in Miami, so that wasn't you know a mm -hmm. big ask or anything. His, his office <laughs> he owns is, this town, <laughs> well, and he has a his whole he has his own space in um, the mm -hmm. X Lab Studios. So if you walk in, there's one one of the 
rooms, I guess you could call it, that's just all green. You know, it's got like the cloth backdrops, got the puzzle piece mats and all that. And people were trying out the Vario headset in there. I feel bad because <laughs> it was like, I felt like we were playing with all of Thrill's toys when he wasn't there. <laughs> You know, so like, <laughs> but yeah, the event itself. He loves was, that stuff, man. He's a homie. He's yeah, a homie. He, he he loves he loves the, the the community, man. Like it's so cool. Just just yeah, like like Adam said, like there was just to see so many creators. Ah, I loved it. I, I can't stop gushing about that entire event. Honestly, one of um, I think the highlights, not necessarily related to Veil or uh, IVRL specifically, but there was one night where a bunch of us were just we went to the X Lab Studios, and then I don't know whose idea it was, but they're like, you know, let's do the American thing. Let's go to Hooters. Um, and so, never in a million <laughs> years would I have thought that I would go to Hooters with Mike Cass Gamer Tag, like a bunch <laughs> of other people. It was just so amazing. And I'm going to call him out for this. Uh, although, you know, it's fine, but, but Mike did buy a Hooters mouse pad if, if, if Hooters, if you know what I mean, it's got the, oh, <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. okay. We're, we're going to have a chat about that. Yeah. 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 That's not, that's not See, what we he agreed. Got to, Cause he, he said that he would get me one too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if these were ours. There, but yeah, it was go. so funny. I don't know. It, it was such an interesting time. Like that's such a. Whenever you can, when when else are you gonna say that you went to Hooters with these amazing people? You know, it's like. No. But the, I think the next day was funny because they they went to a shooting range. I had to fly out, so they went they went to a Waffle House first to get True American breakfast, and then they went shooting right after. So I'm like, look, you're just you're American now. It's you you know you went to Hooters, you got waffles, <laughs> and you went shooting. I don't know what else there is. You're Americanized now. The American dream, the American <laughs> the American experience. There should be a special spot in your passport, like for Hooters, right? Just in the back, and you just get, it, get the stamp, right? And then they, they look at you at the board and they push you like through the shorter that. line or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> I don't think I've ever actually been to one, but um, there's one here in Toronto. I'll have to check it out. I was joking with my wife. We were walking with the kids, like, down the street. I was like, we should go to, and I was reading out the, like, subs, the <laughs> subtitle of the Hooters restaurant. It was something like a family blah, 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 blah restaurant, and... um or like a cozy atmosphere. I don't know what they said. And my wife's like, yeah, we should do that. I was like, honey, I was totally joking. It's just Hooters. Like, I'm not bringing you there with the kids. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not bad. It's, it's fine. It's not but, bad. And the wings no, are really just, good. But what was just funny. just pretty ladies and good barbecue. I, I think this was also Mike's idea. But uh, Lonely Viper was also there. And we uh, pretended oh, yeah. it was his birthday. I think his birthday is actually in February or something. So like all the Hooters <laughs> girls came out with the plates and they're doing the happy oh, birthday awesome. thing. And we got cake. <laughs> and so... Yeah, that was he fun. He must have loved that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so there's, cool. There's video of him just kind of like doing that uncomfortable thing or sitting there just like, ah, yeah, this, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's so it's, it's first, His first video without a mask on. Yeah, I was well. like, I saw his face everywhere. I'm like, okay, he's showing his face now. Uh, like, yeah. that's, uh, it's great. I love, he's, he's an Irish guy. I can love the guy. And he's got twins, my God. So uh, good luck to find him. <laughs> he must have gotten some time off. Um, so that's, that's, that's awesome. really Vale. Uh, awesome index headsets, a great cast. Appearance from Thrill, Thrill Seeker um, doing a set there. He's been trying to become a, a kind of a cool centerfold uh, for live VR productions, and he's doing a good job of it. He dresses great. Jeez, yeah, yeah, you dude. Know? Um, and, and the thing that I suppose I would, would ask uh, for, for the guys behind Vale is, the only thing that I thought that was a bit weird uh, was, I, I personally, when I watch esports, and I do some esports watching, things like Quake matches, Counter-Strike, I'm definitely dating myself here, but like even when I'm watching like Onward or something, I prefer um, competitions between like vr athletes who've had a lot of time to hone their their practice their skills and i think they've only had access for months not years at this stage so i, I kind of would have preferred if this if this event was maybe six months later just to allow the natural killers 
uh, to kind of come out of the population who's like really awesome at the game and then see those people compete, which is going to happen, I suppose, next year. Right. Dude, That's what we'll uh, get to see. I, I'm glad you said that, but um, definitely like after this, look up Natix, N-A-T-I-X. Um, the, uh, he was he was, uh, I believe, was uh, in the finals, I believe was uh, the, one of the finals, the final teams, but just a robot just for lack of a better word a robot and you have to remember these are these are vr competitive shooters so it's all about you know position and and this dude like you can tell like he was he was playing like a bot it was wild to <laughs> to see this kind of level of gameplay like i became a fan of the dude i was like i was i actually saw him at the food truck like in the in the matches i was like dude like i want to be you when you grow up man like this kid <laughs> yeah. like man just just amazing energy so we I, I do agree with you like next year i i feel like if this if veil does you know deliver what they're saying they're gonna do um i'm excited just for the space and and seeing all these cool like you know I, it made me think back of the esports team right like i i grew up with like Anners and hutch and all these yes. machinima esports right. right so like natix really triggered that memory in me i was like oh man that's like that I want to see him stream, so I'm I'm excited for for that space. Yeah, yeah also, and I, like I'm really excited to see how then this is going to um, affect other you know VR esports companies because there's also Val as well, Virtual Athletics League, yep. and they're mm -hmm. having a whole. Um, it, it, it's hard to tell if it's more of like an esports com combo with a convention sort of thing because they're having like Among Us VR uh, shell games. Population one. Shout out. Shout um, out. Yep. And there were a couple of other, you know, pretty big games there. And they're also doing a similar thing. Well, they they have their own um, sort of like content creator team. With the, you know, Mike, Cass, uh, Otterworldly, the gangs, so they're all flying out there. So I'm very ah. curious to see what they're doing and, and you know, how this will kind of compare. Because it, it, it's, again, it seems like they are going to have maybe more vendors and developers there. So it might be more... Uh, convention-y than esports-y but either way i'm I'm still you know 100 behind it i think that we just need more of this to exist and yeah, where and exactly. when is this going down is that nevada or somewhere uh, salt lake city utah and it is utah. um i believe the first weekend in november but uh for okay. show notes i can get the exact dates and all that but it's, if you follow uh virtual athletics league on twitter i think they have it as their Shout pin to get tickets Sweet. Yeah, I, I'm just glad to see this resurgence because we knew it was a bit early. I remember walking around with Rowdy and the other guys, um, you know, seeing what Oculus was really pushing hard, you know, back in like 2018. Um, yeah. with, they really pushed hard. They put a lot of money into it, but you could tell it was kind of a bag full of air. In other words, like without the money, this is we are going to have a stage. We are going to have this. And so now that it's coming back in a more organic fashion, still it's VCs looking for their piece of the pie. But interest is there. Um, it has potential and, to self-sustain now. That's, correct. That's, that's the cool thing. Yeah. So that's exciting. All right, let's move on. Um, next one. Second big topic. Bone Lab is breaking people. So <laughs> it's out. It's uh, it's confusing some. We definitely we definitely see that out there on on the internet. Um, some are like, "Where's the game?" And heck, <laughs> it even had a, had me wanting to puke and at one point bleeding. I. I I put my finger into the ceiling and oh, this has been the, one of the most annoying little cuts that I've had. I've had it for oh, a week and it keeps man. catching on everything. <laughs> so I think I'll give you my thoughts and then we'll open up to the team for who else has sampled it because I know some of you have had a, had a, had a go. Um, it's better than Boneworks in my opinion. It's shorter. It's more concise. It definitely dreams bigger than the first one. And I like that. Um, it doesn't explain itself and you're rewarded for snooping around. 
Um, there are some stupid things, and I'm not going to give away, you know, for people who haven't had a chance to spend the money, buy the game, whatever. Not going to give any spoilers here. Uh, but there are certain spots where I felt really not very smart. And like, it's like, I've got a dice in my hand. Why can't I progress with the game? Or, you know, I've got this little circle in my hands. What the fuck do I do with this? You know, there's just certain things it doesn't explain. And so it kind of pushes you almost into that wiki culture of go check it out on the internet. But I have to say that when you get to the fun, like sandbox stuff, which generally I don't like, I like a story that's either crafted or a world I can go through, not like an empty canvas. I, I generally don't enjoy that stuff. Um, but man, the game goes completely bananas and it can hold its own without crashing your system. At one point, I was uh, a little mouse and I was using a replicator gun to create what looks like giant cheese wheels under me. And I was making hundreds of these things and flying, using it as a propulsion system. It was so much fun. And that wasn't scripted. They didn't design it. They didn't just tell me, go play this, Zim. I just got to play with it and I, I enjoyed it. I could totally see why some people loathe the game, like maybe Rowdy, but it's for me, it I definitely gave it a buy because it, it's just it's groundbreaking, not necessarily brand new ground because they've done Boneworks, um, but I feel like they've taken that universe. They pushed some boundaries and they shored up some of the foundation elements like the physics feel tighter. Um, and, and I can't even begin to think what debugging a game like this is like. I mean, bloody hell, it's a bloody standalone bug laboratory, basically. <laughs> I got stuck in a, a cab toward the end of the game where I couldn't get my character out because I accidentally switched bodies. Um, it's nuts, but hats off to Stress Level Zero for what they've managed to uh, to create. Um, and it's got, in 10 days, 7,000 ratings on the Quest Store, 7,000 ratings, and currently sitting at 4.8 stars. So there's a lot of people who are enjoying it, but um, yeah, I believe Adam's got a nice little story to tell um, us yes. at this point. So because I had been in Miami and then I went to, you know, Twitter, I, I kind of been away from my house the most, most part during all the uh, initial bone lab hypes. But this morning I was like, okay, you know, I've got time. Let's try it. Um, <laughs> didn't get very far because um, there's... I, I was still in the whole tutorial dungeon, basically. And what happened is I missed the first jump over that lava pit. And I think to try to climb up, what I did was I overcompensated the swing where like, you, because, you, you know, that's one of my banes of a lot of <laughs> VR games is when you're trying to grip something, you feel like you have to really push down hard yeah. so that it registers your, your character. So basically what I, I had a stool behind me, whacked really hard when I was trying to climb up it, the trigger cover came off of my controller. I didn't notice at first because I had the headset on <laughs> until I did another action and I was like, there's something dangling from my controller. What's, what's it's probably not. And so I was almost scared to take off the headset because I kind of was like, ignorance is bliss. Maybe it's just, you know, maybe, maybe it's fine. But uh, I, I think I, I super glued it, at least the bottom part, because I can still shelve it into place. Um, it's just... It doesn't uh, stay there. Like if I were to swing it real hard, it'd oh probably my. come out again. It was dangling by that little, uh, you know, the valve thread, basically. So uh, we'll see. I was like, I didn't get to get very far because I broke my controller in the tutorial. Uh, let me hopefully, maybe not permanently. It doesn't seem <laughs> so too bad. But yeah. Your knuckles got knuckled. You're almost then. as destructive as Nathan. Well, I normally, yeah. my, like my fingers take the brunt of the damage, but I guess it must have hit just right where it's like, by, like went around my fingers somehow. Because I would have rather like, taken physical injury because that i could probably deal with cheaper <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's rough. index controllers aren't cheap what does one of those cost now 
200 something, I think, or oh, you know. 200, oh. 200. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I was like, if I can self-fix it, I'm going to try that. So yeah, I got the super glue going. It's curing. I'm going to, if I try it after this and see. Oh I man. I was, I just had them rma And these are the rma They came back not back. long ago. Yeah. So these were the new ones. And I was like, what is this Darn. happening to me? <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> it's, I think we're getting into the equivalent of like having, you know, the old jeans that you take out to paint your house with but you have that with controllers. Like, <laughs> don't go into Bone Lab with your shiny new controllers because you're going to hurt something. I honestly thought maybe Nathy staged his little, uh, you know, his little whack of the PlayStation because I wouldn't put it past him. He does those kinds of tricks on occasion. But um, then I, I hit my ceiling and I'm like, I'm super careful. Like, I almost never hit anything. Okay, once I... I, I tennis smashed a light bulb in my room and glass went everywhere. Oh, oh man. man. Those were early days of VR. And that was live on stream. That was not fun because I, I was in, I was in socks, not shoes. And there was glass everywhere. And you're like, what do I do? Oh, God. <laughs> but I, I did the same, but I had like one of those like light lusters, you know, like a, like a small chandelier oh, kind no. of thing that like hang. And it just went like, <laughs> <laughs> destroyed it. I was recording with Nathie and Nathie was like, uh, what was that sound? Like, it's like, ah, it's fine. It's my, my light construction <laughs> that just came down. Oh, man. I, I was oh, on a game rough. once where uh, someone broke their hand in the middle of combat. We were playing some game. Guy wrapped his hand off of a thing and broke his finger. <laughs> I was like, Jesus. He was like, I got to go. He was off. He was off not playing games for like uh, six weeks or something. I can't remember who that was. Damn. Um, oh, my God. Was yeah. he freaking out? Be careful. Was he freaking out like on the call for doing that? It's like, hey, guys, I got to go. I just broke my no. finger. Very casual. Like, like... Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it, not again. The, <laughs> not we, again. We weren't speaking, Darn but it, like, I would have expected more capitals you know like if it's me yeah, i'm yeah, a sissy I'm like when it comes to this kind of stuff i don't i don't generally hurt myself so when it happens oh, so yeah, let, let me let me tell that like when, when zim because i was watching a live stream like zim like scraped him and he went downstairs and his microphone was still <gasps> on when he was downstairs <laughs> oh, and he was man. like do you have a plaster <laughs> like you know got like a little plaster out like a plaster oh, out. Dude. <laughs> a kid one and he was like what is up like with people? It had like flowers or something, right? What is up with people in VR space that they're like inhuman? Like we should be the opposite. We should like be like very fragile. Like I was yeah. like, dude, like I was like reading like, like two days ago. I think it was like funny enough. Like I think it was Tech Menju and and Six Live. Like they were they were talking to each other, and the dude just posted like randomly, like I'm gonna have the biggest shoulders in the VR industry. I'm like, bro, like it's <laughs> not needed. Like, like sh let's break it down. Like man. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm not sure oh, does man. muscle get you in trouble or not. I'd have to ask people like GT dude, and Eric for president. Maybe. You know, does that does that help or hinder in VR? I don't, I don't, know, I don't know, dude. Like, I, it's it's. I think it's so much VR. Like, maybe I should do that. Maybe through this podcast, I'll just get jacked up through all the VR use, man. <laughs> and, and maybe I'll figure it out because it's it's nuts, bro. <laughs> like, it's crazy. You have fun. You have fun, man. I at one stage I was getting up at like six a.m. and doing um, uh, sprint sprint vector and box VR and stuff with a buddy of mine. <laughs> Like every like two or three times a week, like my personal VR gym, we lasted about three weeks, and then I was yeah, like, "Man, no. this is hard." I can't. But, <laughs> I'm a nerd. I'm, I'm with it. I'm with it. I respect it, but I ain't. Nah, man. Mm -mm. Yeah, yeah. Respect. <laughs> I'll leave it there. I respect. Uh, I'll leave it there. <laughs> so that's that's anyway. Bone Lab. Any thoughts on that one, Rowdy? I didn't hear your take on Bone Lab. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at it deeply or even just see people's reactions or stuff. But what are you thinking about it at the minute? 
Yeah, I mean, like, I think I already set my opinion, like, last week. Uh, I'm, I'm not awfully excited about games like this, um, mostly because I don't see them really as games. I see them more as, like, tech demos. And I, think I agree. It's, it's really cool what they do. You know, I think it's if you're a content creator and, you know, you can you can do a lot of stuff with that, uh, I think that is great. Uh, it's just, it's, it is not for me. Uh, I do think that they do certain things really, really well. Mm. Uh, but I do think there's issues with the games, like for example, the the, the motion sickness, uh, the the buggy feeling, the clunkiness of the UI. I think there's definitely issues with that that need to be resolved. Uh, but that can be resolved. But the, the the game style itself is just not something that that I'm excited about. And I I do think that the game was again like a little bit overhyped. Uh, like you know, it's it's every time when one of these titles comes out, it's being hyped as like the you know, the newest VR thing and like, and I mean, I don't want to sound overly negative, but I do, I do think that gives away a little bit of like, you know, the state that VR is currently in, in terms of gaming, yeah. at least where you, yeah. you know, you need this hype for a title like this, because otherwise it won't do well. And there's not really that much going on outside of that. Yeah. You know, there's no, and, and, and I was a little bit surprised because I saw, for example, the, the Bethesda stream with the new trailer from uh i think Deathloop that the game is called yep. and uh, like the, the the thing with bethesda is that they've done so much already with vr you know they've ported over like many of their titles but it seems to have all like kind of like dropped off a little bit like mm -hmm. and now that i saw the trailer of Deathloop, i was kind of like you know I, I do think that something like this would kind of work in vr you know with the teleporting and like the moving forward and the blink speeds and stuff like that so yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't want to sound overly negative, but I do find it a bit negative to see, like, you know, there's so much hype around a single game. Um, and then, I mean, some people are disappointed. Some people think it's it's great, but there's not that much else that is really excited to look forward to. So I think that a lot of people grab onto this title, you know, claw their way in and say, like, you know, this needs to be, you know, awesome. And I don't think that way. I, I think that VR is, you know, in the long run is going to be awesome. Uh, but currently that the state is a little bit, I don't know, like it's a little bit disappointing with the titles that are coming out or the titles are coming, like coming out in the future. Um, there's a lot of like, you know, pores and like, I know a lot of people are excited by, about GTA and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But that's also, again, something I'm not really like waiting on because I feel like it's a port. You know, I want to see new stuff. And I always see like games need to have, either they need to be, you know, very creative, like uh, a really, really creative title, new concept, and that therefore is maybe not graphically too insane. And I think a lot of indie developers can do that really well. But I think the last really creative title that I played on 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 a, on a VR device was, I think, Pistol Whip. I think Pistol Whip was like one of the most creative titles that I've played. Yeah. But then the other route that they can go is maybe like take an older concept but then deliver a really high standard, a really high polish. Like for example, if you do a first person shooter or whatever like that, and you, you just need to amp it up. And I, and I kind of feel that the industry is not really ready to do that because you need a lot of money, you need a lot of time, uh, you need big studios in order to do that. Optimization. Those big studios are not really interested in, in VR. And I think that's a little bit the problem that you have that, that twofold. You need either insane creativity coming from indie developers, or you need to have big, big studios, a lot of money that develop really quality titles with an older concept that is proven to work. Well said. Um, so we're a little bit in that limbo in between, in my opinion, at least. Uh, and I think that Bone Lab is a little bit in between there as well. It's very creative what they do, and they do try to deliver a lot of polish. Uh, it's just not the kind of creativity that I'm looking for.
Facts. Well said. Jose, did you have something more to say about Bone Lab? No, man. He, he knocked out the park. I, I think it's true. It's like uh, Bone Lab feels like an analytical success, right? That's why people that are covering it, you, you get that sense of overhype because it's, it's technically hitting every single thing you want to see from a VR game. So when you talk about it in conversation, it almost sounds like the perfect VR game. But it's, they're just describing VR chat. You know what I mean? They're describing <laughs> VR engines that exist already. They're, that's really what's happening is that nobody has figured out the, the perfect optimized engine. And you described that earlier. It's like you, you, were, you were playing the mouse in the wheel environment. It's, yeah. it's the fact it's very well optimized for those situations. We're kind of seeing the, the beginnings of the, the, you know, the Quake engine for VR, right? So, mm -hmm. and, and you're going to see Half-Life come from that, right? So we're kind of starting to see that. And, and, and it's, I, I completely agree with you, Rowdy. Like we're going to see, I, I want to see what stress level says, like, hey, we, 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 we have this engine and now we gave it to Bethesda or people that actually know how to make story-driven games. Yep. And then we're going to see like, I, I, that's what yeah. I'm exciting for. And what's demo going to do with it, right? I mean, like creators who create machinima oh are going to go to dude. town with this. This is going to be all over TikTok, oh, not man. just now, but for the next couple of years. Um, I'm curious when we eventually get to a bone universe <laughs> with multiplayer. I don't know mm -hmm. if that's the right way to put it. We've gotten, we've gotten, game. we got. <laughs> I mean, Blade and Sorcery has kind of like been hitting those, 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 uh, those marks and those has. metrics, right? Like a lot of people yep. have been using a lot for content creation. And I've seen like Spider-Man fights Dante, uh, you know what I mean? The rooftops. <laughs> it, it reminds me of the Machinima days, man. It, it's so cool. Yeah. Like we, you know, it's for sure. Yeah. I, I can't wait say, for that. It, yeah. it was really, it was really interesting. I didn't know how I would, how they would play the characters out, but because you're able to get into different character models in the game, um, yeah. Like, I wasn't sure if that would feel okay or if it would not feel well. Um, I think it's really neat to be able to run around an environment and be physically scaled different through different characters. Um, I think that they've got a lot of ingenuity in the different levels that they give. So that's where I'm applauding. But I think mm -hmm. what they've built without leaving just an empty canvas, I really like the fact that they gave us story and they gave us something else. But I would have had it not been for the internet. I probably would have gotten stuck at the lab component and stopped there and gone, oh, that was it, and been disappointed and, you know, gone away again. So one of the other things that I find with VR games um, are, are kind of like you kind of have to put the time in and, and more time than the attention span is actually allowing for. Uh, and, and to Rowdy's point, because it's relatively dry out there, right now we're, all, we're allotted that time. But from a design perspective in such a like a short attention fuse like TikTok universe, I'm wondering if those are the right calls to be making in the long run. Maybe they are. I like old school cinema that takes 15, 20 minutes to build up and you learn the characters or, or whatever, maybe even over an hour before they start hacking and slashing and, you know, main characters are dying. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't want VR to turn into this platform that is only for making content creation mm. you know i still Agreed. want it to be a gaming thing yeah well like, i don't want i don't i don't want games to come out just to cater to a tiktok audience or to a youtube audience and i think because that's what's happening that in the right PC now market as well yeah do yeah. you think do you think that because uh, uh, it's funny enough that you're saying that because i'm actually am uh, it will be one of the news the games i'm playing but i'm playing an, uh an anime game at the moment that's mm. very anime centric and the reason i was driven to try this game out because it was kind of like focusing on the story and the, the narratives. Every character feels interactive and they were right. But I was bored. I don't think I have 
enough human time for a virtual <laughs> being. You know what I mean? That that was this is like this was actually a, a wake up call for me playing this game. I was like, oh my gosh, I actually have to. I'm not reading a screen. This is somebody actually talking to me, and I cannot yeah. force them to quit talking. Right. So it it, it kind of I don't know. I I feel like we're going to start really revisiting these kinds of opinions i feel like i was one of those people like i was like i was waiting for a mass effect vr to be honest and now oh, yeah. after playing this i don't want it um i i really don't i i don't think i want a mass effect vr because i know that that's going to involve almost four hours of conversation with just an npc i don't know if ai <laughs> is going to uh fix that up for me or i don't know i um i i think that that's probably what's happening with like games like Bone Lab, where I yeah. think they figured that out because remember the, the the people that made these games are content creators. They're smart, and they know that they have to give the tools to kind of allow people to make a game within themselves. If you look at the content creation that's being done in Bone Labs, has nothing to do with the story. No. It's oh, look at me speed running, or let me break <laughs> the physics with this, and I feel like that's kind of where VR. There will be narrative-driven VR games, but they're going to be non-communication-based. It's going to be I, all interaction-based, and I feel like that's because, man, I I like again, your idea I, though, Jose. About like I think about the Source Engine, right? That that Valve had, and being able to extend that to other experiences, like give hand over the keys to the engine, let them create yep. something. So that idea I hadn't thought about um, because Stress Level Zero has pretty much kept it themselves for now. But I do wonder if that's a licensable engine. And someone can of kind of jump it into is. it. Oh, back in oh, eight, man. man, that's gonna that's Dude, gonna really that's, take that's us what to the they're next after. place. It might be even a content creator tool. Remember, these are content creators. The yeah. Freddie View people, the the Rocket, like these the, these guys are content creators. And I think that's what's happening. I think they realize it's like there's more value in letting people be whatever they want to be in VR. One, that's why it feels so much like VR chat. If you look at everybody yeah. who does VR chat content it creation, does. they they say that they they talk about it. And I was wondering why they were comparing it to that. And it's it truly is. It's an engine. It's it's a, it is absolutely an engine. And I'm excited to to kind of see what they're gonna do. They allow you to import skins. Come on, the skins don't really add anything to the gameplay. Like that's a, it's a, it's a content creator engine. They just can't shop it like that yet because. They don't want other platforms mm. to see it, you know. I, like, I do like how like those. I do like how those skins like scale back to your body. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's, so it's that, a creator like, engine, uh, man. If you're if you're a fat dude, you know, then you you try to touch your belly, you will actually touch your own belly. I think that's scalability. Is really awesome. That's it's the perfect tool. You just drop in an environment, and everything adjusts for you too. But to, I was yeah, I was a little disappointed at that. I'll tell you why. I still think it's the right decision, but me personally, as a player, I was disappointed that they fed me five or six avatars and I got to play the story with that. But I wanted to play the story as me. I wanted to play the story as Zim. I didn't want to go back and play the second time as Zim. I wanted to import my character, be me, upfront load that. And I think they're going through the conversion to kind of say, here are the options so you don't just pigeonhole yourself. And at the end of this, we're going to unlock it so you can do whatever you want. But at that point for me, because I'm not a guy who plays games three times over, I play it once and I'm done. It's on the shelf. I move on to the next thing. There's, there's too much to do. Um, like I, I wanted to be able to insert myself and I, I really look forward to a day. And this is when I think the metaverse for me becomes a real cohesive, connected environment is when I've got a 3D avatar, won't necessarily be a, a, a skinned model of me, but I certainly won't have jiggly boobs physics going with that. And I just want to insert myself into the game and feel like I'm going... 
like you said, from VR chat or rec room or whatever, taking my digital self, putting myself in the game, feeling like it's me in the game. And if it's multiplayer, seeing my friends or family or whatever or enemies in the game, like how cool would it be to be in that space with people who, you know, you could just take out your aggression on in a virtual environment. You don't like that person. Fight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or, or, Go in the ring. or like dude, do the podcast in VR Hooters. You know, that'd be <laughs> awesome. That be? <laughs> Have you? Yes. Have you actually so, tried to uh, upload your avatar to the game? I'm trying to figure out how. Uh, right, there you go. There's your answer. So, there. The reason why you did it, they didn't give you that option was because it's difficult. Yes. It's because they know that the people who are going to be looking to upload their avatar to this are going to read the manuals, they're going to read the transcript, they're going to do the tutorial, and they're going to turn into really good content creators with that engine. It's, it's you know, it's I a saw- playbook for, for content creation. It's, it's amazing what they're doing. I love it. There's a there's an extensible like mod handling um, installation system, which I saw advertising a series of plug and play models, right? Things that you could want. So of course, half of those are anime characters. Half of them are, you know, from the other half are are from kind of like, you know, one's Batman, one's a frog guy, how you can play Kermit or whatever and just slap him in. Um, But to to bring your own model and to have that be, I don't want to call it an NFT, but uh, a unique, you know, character that you can carry with you from game to game going forward. I think that starts to become the baseline with this. And that's why I thought this game is quite transformational. I'm glad they did it. Um, if you didn't enjoy it, oh, I get it because I'll yeah. tell you one thing, and this is my last point on bone lab that that game is up there with the games that make you want to hurl it. I had to take like <laughs> our segments at a time. I'm generally very steady, man. I, I wanted to hurl several times on stream and, and chats like stick it oh, out, Sam, no. take a breather. Rowdy he's like, he's like, go outside, <laughs> get a content. breath of real air. Want to watch Give us content. <laughs> That's all they <laughs> wanted. We yeah. don't care about you. Give us the content. Clip oh, it. I felt bad. That's awesome. I'm actually, uh, I'm curious, did anyone else try to use it on the index controllers? Because I've been hearing issues yeah. about um, it's map, not mapped. like it's no. buttons. Like luckily, I mean, I didn't play it again. Very, I didn't get very far before I broke my like, Took care of that problem, so didn't you? Yeah. You just snapped it off. Have other people had like problems like with myself. thumbsticks like falling off? Like oh man, <laughs> oh man. But I, yeah, I was. I heard that like I was worried because when I tried it, I heard people were having issues that it wasn't mapped properly it to wasn't, index yeah. controllers. No. So I was curious if anyone else, or I don't know if they had patched that by oh. now or uh, so. I just got yeah, lucky. I think there are several guides on Reddit how to map. Uh, mm-hmm. you, so you, it is playable with Index, but out of the box, it wasn't happy. Um, and I just wanted to say something quickly because this week I played for the first time ever Aperture Hand Labs, which or Aperture Hand Lab, which uh, was the demo, the Knuckles, the Index controllers. And uh, for a long time, you couldn't get past a certain part because you couldn't grip tightly like you can with the grip sensors um, right, yeah. but there is a mappable, uh, steam community option for quest two. So if you ever wanted that itch to go play through with those, I'll call, call them portal esque characters, right? The robots talking to you about that experience. It's short, it's free, it's on steam, but you've got a quest, go do it. You can do it. I did a little video of that where I found that audience helped me out and we managed through. It's really fun. Um, but that was like, two, three years ago now. So that's old, that's old school, but it's the reverse problem because sometimes we run into stuff, not that often that's index mapped, but doesn't work at all for quest. Yeah. So 
But I'm surprised. I mean, like, because it's not like it's just small in um, some small indie company. So you'd think off the bat they would have all these mappings for like probably the most common headsets or especially ones that, you know, if they're if they are going the content creator specific route, like, you know, a lot of us have indexes. Yeah. So, you know, you think that would be kind of kind of important, mm-hmm. maybe a little. <sighs> I don't get it. At least the game worked out of the gates. Unlike last time, last time it was a bit of a heap of piling, <laughs> steaming physics mess. But um, this time at least it functioned. So I was glad about that. And. To be fair, yeah. the quest build is really good. But um, if you play PC VR and then you switch to quest, you're like, oh, my God, they stripped the light down. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so that's Bone Lab. Uh, next up, speaking of quest, this is the meta section of the podcast. Sorry, we have to do this. They're big. Um, meta quest three. So here's the here's the uh, skinny on the leaks about Stinson. Stinson being, yes, another Californian beach name, which meta and Oculus before them have named all of their internal projects as spilled by master leaker uh, who looks like Beaker and maybe just maybe is a VR chat freaker. Sadly, it's Bradley. So <laughs> uh, the MetaQuest 3 is slated to be the consumer facing similar to the Quest 2 and have these specs. I've split them into good, bad and ugly. So the good pancake lenses, lenses so it's smaller. Pogo pin. I love that term. Pogo pin for dock charging. So you can literally plonk it down and it'll charge on a charging dock. Uh, full color pass-through, and a Snapdragon XR2 with the second-gen processor, so faster than what's in Quest today. The bad, or maybe just the boring, soft strap, just like the Quest 2 has. <laughs> I remember Mike loving that one. <laughs> no back-mounted battery, so no counterbalance effect, right? I personally don't mind that, because batteries on occasion do explode, and I don't really want them back here, but Freddy Eyes isn't <laughs> so much better, right? Um... LCD displays. So again, we're not at OLED black levels, which I really, really want in my standalone headset um, at some point. And a single fan. So similar to what the Quest has, (laughs) single fan mounted to cool the thing down. Uh, The ugly, I would say, is probably no eye or face tracking in this unit. So for people who are big into social VR and want to have that connectivity with uh, the people on the other side of the world or other side of the room, as it might be, no eye or face tracking. So I don't know if that's a boo hiss moment for us, but um, it's kind of like the first quest where they're stripping things out to keep the cost down. So let's see the price tag before I make any mention there, because we do also have the Quest Pro. So um, one thing I noticed on Reddit, and sometimes I kind of get a feeling for things when news events are about to happen. I noticed that we were, um, that, that Quest 2 people who had broken their headset, like they had broken units, they couldn't get, a replacement Quest 2 just in the last week. And in previous hardware cycles, this has indicated a new device coming imminently. And I mean like soon imminently, not like like this year, maybe this month. Uh, so we really need to watch out. And in my opinion, uh, it's it's highly likely now that the Quest 3 could be announced on Tuesday at MetaConnect as the consumer news that's been gliding like a silent torpedo under the distracting shadow of the Quest Pro, Zuckerberg's own promos, and planted leaks to kind of distract us. So, I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think it's possible we might that get sounds, Quest 3? That sounds yeah. plausible. Yeah, that I sounds agree. very plausible. Unless, yeah. unless, unless, like, Bradley is, like, getting, like, direct, like, I don't know, like, talking to, like, Mark Zuckerberg in private and knows, like, the next 10 headsets <laughs> in 10 years... Like, I don't know, man. You just text him the back. Yo, like, yeah, like, like, you know, just like that's casual, the only like, way. Like, it's so detailed. Like, the leak is crazy. <laughs> like, it's like, I don't know. Like, sometimes I, I, I do like 
think about that sometimes. It's like, does Meta have like a, a, a sadly it's a Bradley poster and they just like dart it every time like a leak <laughs> comes out or something like, <laughs> a mold. oh dude, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to be at a Meta office every time one of those leaks hit because it, it must be he, terrifying. I don't know. He, he's, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, he's like, um, who was that guy in Game of Thrones? The bald eunuch guy? Yes. Um, he's yes. like, sorry, 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 Brad. Uh, <laughs> you're like that bald unit guy in Game of Thrones. Dude, who's got so, ravens same, yes. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Brad, but like, you know. <laughs> what, how could that, that, how could, I don't know, remember the old guy's name, but that guy should have won the Game of Thrones. Oh, he was amazing, like, that is, dude. Yeah, like that's, that, that is definitely Bradley. Like once all these companies <laughs> die and build, like it would just be Bradley Lynch with like all the leaks. as like knowing what was happening. <laughs> it's like, it was me all along. <laughs> Oh god, that's but crazy. No, I'm I'm hyped now because my battery in my quest being a launch day device has gotten a little weak. And so I'm like and I'm itching. I don't I don't I I've I've held off. I mean like Steam Deck now you can just buy them. They're off the shelf now equivalently. You don't have to wait anymore. I I've been like itching at maybe I should buy that. Maybe I should buy a PS5. I'm just trying to be smart and just kind of wait it out and see. Um I'm I'm convinced I'm gonna be a PS5 and PSVR2 owner at some point. Same. But I'd love to get that news. And if they've been kind of playing with us all along and they've really just been diverting attention to the pro, that would have been so smart up to this point because they give us yeah. something that they want. We can buy it for Christmas. They'll clean out uh, coming up to the holiday season because there's not much else out. And the Pico 4s jumped out there. And OK, so that's that's something right. But um, I think they would slay and they would they would take Christmas, uh, to be honest, if they did that on Tuesday. So anyway, that's coming. Uh, I did want to give a quick rundown of some quick meta news bites before we get in uh, to the next segment of the podcast so these are these are like really fire fast so if rowdy's showing you any content he better be quick because i'm not i'm not laboring on these points all right first up <laughs> quest pro the light gasket or interface appears to be confirmed so for those who were worried about awful light bleed from the pro i.e oh my god i've just got two panels in front of me that doesn't seem to be a worry anymore second the quest pro controllers may in fact be backwards compatible, taking a leaf out of Vive's book, like what they did with the trackers for Vive. Um, so for instance, you could purchase a pair of, pardon me for this mouthful, MetaQuest Pro Touch Pro controllers for your Quest 2, right? No more rings, docked <laughs> recharge, because they got the same little pins that you can drop them down in, and behind the back tracking for all your gamery needs, right? What you need to do, you know, pull those cool dance moves on the floor in VR chat. Um, that's all sounding pretty neat, right? I'd love backwards compatible controllers where you could kind of upgrade your experience that little bit, just like with the head strap, like just modular, right? I think that works for a lot of people. Um, and you can also not pay a huge whacking amount just to get bought in. You could buy in at the little amount and kind of work on it. It's like having a uh, savings plan or something for your headset. Um, Quest One, there are still people hanging on who still play with their Quest Ones and get disappointed every time we talk about a new release that isn't Quest One compatible, um, like Bone Lab but they're getting a hand tracking update soon, apparently in October itself. So it does show that Meta's actually still um, giving that audience. Why? I think they are giving them attention because there's such a big secondary market as headsets get cheaper as they trickle down from first owner to second owner to third owner. And you're someone who gets in and you're 16 years old, you paid hundred for the headset, made the batteries not good. Maybe it's got some human gunk, you know, in there, but you're able to play your game. Um, so I think, you know, that tail is probably a lot fatter than, um, I would expect Meta had originally conceived, uh, when they brought out the quest Two, And then we've got horizon. Now I know horizon is not the most exciting of things. Um, 
but it's getting a flat web browser version soon. And so that looks like they're trying to just play parody catch up with Rec Room VR Chat and Roblox VR. And for anyone who's like, what, Roblox VR? Yeah, my daughter plays this handsy game in, in her quest too. It is compatible. So if you've got kids and you're into Roblox or just want to go, go go experiment with that, Roblox is already doing some stuff in VR and it does work. Um, but on Horizon, we did have a bit of an interesting uh, point that came up and I wanted to talk about it. It's a little contentious. I wanted to get all your takes on it. So Meta is apparently enforcing use of Horizon for its staff. But I have to say, I, I frankly remember Apple and Microsoft doing the very same for them and, you know, slapping a, an Apple out of someone's hand or slapping a Microsoft phone out of someone's hand, that type of thing. And I learned on Twitter while this was all kind of kicking out um, from our friend of the podcast, Denny Unger of Cloudhead Games, about the, the, the term dog fooding, which I'd never heard before. And I love that term, dog fooding which is the practice of using one's own product or services often with an aim to improve in internal iterations, which I think is, that's a standard mm. tech thing, right? But the weird angle to me is why not workrooms? Like that's a perfectly good work-wise solution. And if you're at your desk, right? Workrooms is actually pretty capable. A lot of people do use it. I see Jose nodding like mad there. He's probably used yeah, it. I love workrooms. Yeah. It's really good, right? Like that mm -hmm. pen trick where you can write or scribe and with the base of your yeah. controller. That is some pretty cool shit. Like it's, doing it's, this it's gnarly. Oh, yeah, dude. It's, it's really good for collaboration. It actually, it's kind of worrying me because like I actually do a lot of my business. Uh, my, my team is re all fully remote. So we use workrooms a lot. So when I when I started noticing that they're trying to push the platform rather than like something that actually people, they have data that people are telling, hey, this works. Continue with this. Please run with it. They're paying attention to something that's not working. Um, I think what they're trying to do is to intimidate or scare maybe another VR company or VR platform in order to like work or collaborate, but it's not working. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't it's know a what's bit going weird, right? But yeah. um, so it's a weird choice uh, from that perspective. I do understand they need to kind of eat their own meal if they're going to be the chef mm -hmm. in the kitchen and, and cook it. And I get that, but I don't see how it fits into your working day. You know, if you're a developer and you're forced to use Horizon yeah. for an hour or encouraged, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I don't know. It, it just seems a bit of a an yeah. odd little uh, strong arm to me. Uh, I personally think, right, if, my if I was to message to Meta, I'd say, Meta, maybe, you know, stick to what you're good at. You know, go clone someone else's good ideas, right? You've done that before. Mm -hmm. Maybe leave the evolution of these products to teams who yeah. build with passion. Um, but that's a bit strong armed of myself. I understand it. Maybe it's difficult to pick on a megacorp like Meta. I just yeah. I just don't think um, this stir over let's use our own products and learn from it is necessarily alarming. I just think that their choice, like go for workrooms, make that better. That's got legs. Go do that yeah. because... You want to bring, you know, VR into people's workflows that works and it's better than what, what else is out there. Horizon is not yeah. better than Rec Room or VR chat. It's and there's actual data of, of uh, I don't know if you guys are, are paying attention to Twitter, but there's some no. meta employees that actually don't like using the Horizons platform at all. So yeah, that's actually well, that's worrying. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to say much about that at all, because, you know, that's. That's personal opinions, but a lot of Meta employees are not happy that they have to use the platform at all. They just yeah. don't like it. They would have been okay with it, but it, it's just not. They're not. Yeah. Um, and I want to say that. I, I, yeah. I, I, I think the best way of saying this is like most of the Meta employees that I know are using Google Google Apps 
I don't Google think apps. I've seen anybody Google Apps. I haven't seen anybody. Oh, Google Apps. I was like, Google Apps. apps. <laughs> apps <laughs> like, I, haven't I, seen, I haven't seen anybody use, uh, like, uh, that, that I know of, using Horizons to say, hey, let's have a meeting in Horizons workrooms. No, it's been Google Meet. And, and 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 drive and there's and a like, firefox yeah. solution as well that's quite good that came out of i remember that it was like customizable rooms where you could do desktop cloudhead had their one where you'd have like a, a yeah. picture of a person on an avatar type of thing i forget that was called i yeah. think it was cloudhead something or other um but there are other options but yeah that's 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 kind of interesting i don't know adam rowdy any takes on that <laughs> Not I see in it. particular with the the dog fooding, but there was because uh, I only went to TwitchCon yesterday. They had the Wendy's booth there, and Wendy's had the meta, uh, yeah, their their uh, what'd you call it? Their Wendy's in Horizon thing <laughs> that they awesome. were showing off there. And so that I was just like, oh man! And uh, not not Horizon, but Wendy's related. They were sampling this god awful grape frosty with nerds. Oh, on that top. sounds I was like. Why would <laughs> you? I, I don't know. So it Wish. was just a weird booth. It was like off, awful frosty. So, you know, and you're just watching people try the Wendy's world and Horizon. And I was like, oh, man. But it was sad because at TwitchCon, that was really the only VR um, presence, uh. I guess, you could, if you want to call it that. So I was like, oh, yeah. no. Like, that, that, at least give them a good it, frosty. What was it, nerds yeah, on top of what flavor? Yes. It was a grape, a grape flavored <laughs> frosty um, and with nerds on top. So Yuck. I almost feel like it was something that they had extra of at some point and they were like let's just bring it to twitchcon because we've got this gross thing that nobody really wants um, but we need to do something with it i don't know it's weird adam is just disappointed that it was wendy's and not hooters so. <laughs> there you go i've got that would have been interesting in vr wait, wait, wait. Could, i, I would have could you at that. least get free vr nugs <laughs> because you could in the app. No. No, they weren't giving away free nuggets? Wow. No, it was just these gross frosties and a shot glass looking thing. Mm, um, and it's probably good because you didn't want more than that, to be honest. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say this as a Twitch guy who, you know, spent five years on Twitch and love what Twitch was. I wouldn't be surprised if TwitchCon wasn't there next year. <laughs> I don't know. I don't feel good about Twitch right now. Um, I feel like they're in a similar place to Meta, actually. Meta's been, they, they posted hiring freezes and stuff. And look, they're surging a lot of money right now on a big gamble. And I think this is where I want to also lay my hat down and say, like, I have to say thank you to big conglomerate for getting us to where we are, because as much as that always feels icky and there's loads of lawyers behind any one of their placards that are stuffed up there, we got to this point and it took a lot of money to get here. And it, it means people are taking, you know, bets. And to Jose's point kind of earlier, right, with all these VCs jumping in now, like sharks in a feeding tank, there's more of that happening now, which oh, yeah. is a lovely, like, two-headed coin of good and bad, right? So yeah. if you're a small startup, just be careful what contracts you sign, because as this balloon inflates, um, just make sure you're on the right side of that yeah. deal right there's value there's definitely value right now that, and that's something that i actually talk to a lot of creators behind the scenes right where creators are kind of right now being seen as like the the first fish in the barrel as they call it for vr and they're they're kind of like using them to kind of pluck them into positions like it's dog fooding 101 right they're doing that also with content creators right if you if you pluck content creators into a platform they're eventually going to celebrate the platform if it's good Right. It's a double edged sword. It can it can definitely uh, fill miserably. But that's kind of what's happening right now is that you like mentioning the yeah, the Wendy stuff. It, it really means that 
there are venture capitalists, there's investors interested, they just don't know how to talk to VR users, right? That's that's one thing, right? When you think of VR, you think of gaming. When you think of gaming, you think of nerds and grape and you know, that that that's an era very very, you know, that era is dead and they don't know how to talk to VR people. I just said it, you know, people, they're fit. Like Ooh. VR users are, are monstrosities, man. Like, have you, have you seen Mike in person? Have you seen these people? Like, they're, they're, they're <laughs> diesel, man. They're, 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 they're semi trucks, man. They're, it, can't it, confirm. Gamer tag is a bro. Oh, he's, he's, he's huge, huge man. Dude, I, <laughs> I was intimidated easy. He was like, oh, buddy, I love your energy. He just grabbed me. I was like, yo, this is, yo. <laughs> Did you get a hug? Did you get a hug in? Please oh, don't dude, hurt me. Dude, like, I got to hug it's you. A hug. GT it's is a like, hug. it's like. It felt very safe. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> I didn't, dude, safe. I don't think safe is, is even the word. I felt protected for life. I felt like I, anything I do in life, I am solid. I'm taken care of. I just say yeah, I was, dude. yeah, that man's a brick house. I was, I was a little spoon in that hug. Yeah, yeah dude. I was oh, a yeah, little spoon. Dude. I'm a big dude and I felt like a little spoon, bro. Like, like the dude gives you a, a, a hug with a balded H, man. Like underline, like it's a hug. He's, he's awesome, man. Like, I heard, cool dude. Uh, you said that, I, I heard that. <laughs> Uh, balded H and I was thinking of Mike balded standing H, next bro. to me. <laughs> balded H bro it's a it's it's a hug I did I got a I got a mic from uh, or a hug from Mike so I did get a I guess a balded oh, hug yeah no man well. he, nice. he was yeah dude because we were talking about the we were talking about the space man it's it's VR people right so you when you got you that's the cool thing about VR it's like the only kind of conversational thing where you kind of end up hyped up about the space, oh. right? You still got that energy. And, and he just like, bro, I love your energy. Just gave me the hug. I was like, yes. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it's all about, man. That's so good, though. I tell you, I don't get FOMO often, but seeing you guys all have what looked like an incredibly good time, only for it risking was. your life against it the was. hurricane. You know, you flying in oh, and dude. stuff. <laughs> I know. You know what? Amazing. I will say uh, we came in at a perfect time because uh, they said that because it was kind of around the hurricane time in Miami, it wasn't actually as humid as it could have been. Mm. So um, like it would worked out. It was but yeah, bright it was, and it was really sunny. fun getting to meet you know, everybody. One, one thing yeah. I learned about Miami here is that like, if you don't see the locals freaking out, you're fine. You know what I mean? So you can tell like <laughs> that was the cool thing about going to the to the Vail event because I'm I'm a local, right? I live here in Miami. So when I got to the event, you would see everybody just like getting there and looking around, like still with that worried like, are we about to get swept by a hurricane kind of energy? But Nah, dude, it's it's Miami. Like we Ugh. for for Miami to I shut down, say, though, like like the island has to float off to like or something <laughs> like that. Like it has to turn <laughs> it, into an island. <laughs> one kind of minor complaint, I guess, about the event was it they had security or people check in for badges and stuff. But there were a lot of people that you can tell they just kind of walked in and they're like, "What is this? Is this what is? Because there's a there's a nightclub in Miami called Live, so that was rather unfortunate that people kept coming up to us thinking we were you know big Miami nightclub. But yeah, we got you could kind of tell when they were the Miami locals too because they could walk in, they kind of have that like confused era, like what is yeah. what is Vale or what is what is this? But it was it was kind of interesting at least getting to not teach people but VR, but kind of get them to like realize hey yeah vr esports like it's a thing here what, it what is it about the what is it about the security that you didn't like were they too lax or but they just, just kind of yeah it just like yeah. people that didn't because you were supposed to have you know the lanyards and stuff to come into the event because it was you know a paid uh, event for public so it's just like how did you get in and there was like pe random people in the <laughs> vip area just getting drinks and i'm like you got nothing it's a first show <laughs> so, so a lot of yeah, those logistics I think it, it was also yeah. the energy too right yeah. they, it was in their best interest to kind of like 
ensured that it wasn't just you know steam as they say there was actual there was actually interest for people that were I, I did have the similar experience to what Adam was talking about where I I was talking to this random drunk dude who was just part he was having a good time he's like yeah man and he goes like are you here for VR and I'm like yeah and the guy goes like oh yeah I live three buildings down I I know I wasn't invited here I know nothing about this space I'm like oh hell yeah so I started explaining to him about what VR esports was. And the guy was just, he was looking like he was watching a football game, man. Like, he was just having his beer <laughs> in the VIP room. He was yelling. I, you know, I want that, it's man. Cool. I want it's that. Cool. But I want, I also want to get behind the names. You know, like, that's what we were saying earlier. Like, once it gets competitive and, like, t- I want to see competitive among us. That sounds amazing. Not just <laughs> FPSs. I want to see some silly, yeah. crazy shit that. that only you can do in VR. Like, I, I, I would absolutely watch the Olympics done through like Among Us and other crazy titles like that. But look, before I get off the meta news, one yeah. more thing to say, uh, there is a new Wi-Fi dongle that's, uh, it's out. And uh, I'm not going to go into that one much until reviews settle out. But I do recommend, yeah. if you know Guy Godin uh, behind uh, Virtual Desktop, he did a lovely breakdown of his first uh, experiences with it and, and some of the um, end user trauma uh, that, that you might run into if you decide to buy one of these. But basically the idea is, if you have difficulty with a Quest wirelessly networking to a local PC, you can't get a, you know, a Wi-Fi 6 router or something like that, um, then this is touted as something that can make the process easy. Some people are saying, yeah, it's easy. And some people like E are saying, mm, it's got a lot of pain points. Um, so my uh, summary of his uh, kind of multi-tweet uh, thread is, is just that it's no bueno, avoid it, buy a proper router. Um, but I have to say, as somebody who ran a um, like a wireless gaming uh, club in university, uh, wireless tech is rarely without hitches. And this being a first product, just be careful. Um, <laughs> I would not be jumping on the bandwagon quickly. See how people get on with it. Um, and I, I would I would agree with Guy's advice is that if you can just find a decently recommended router that works for people with Quest, that's probably a smarter route and will in the end give you better gameplay experiences. But um, that's just a very quick take on a Wi-Fi dog. How was this one called? Uh, I didn't even put the name down because I didn't want to, if I'm not going to say it, the, I'm not going to show VR it. VR AirBridge, Windows AirBridge. PC, Wi-Fi 6. Right, right. Yeah. The DWA. See, so I actually, funny enough, like, Ordered one. Ordered one. Yeah, I so, knew it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I ordered one because, see, I, I, I do agree with all the points that you're making, but the quest 2 is not no longer a home device right so you're yep. forgetting about let's say i take out demos for for quests everywhere Very i go point. right so the 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 wireless linkage allows me to actually put my gaming laptop in my bag and actually do some office work in my headset right so that's that's something that a router can do you can do direct linking with hotspot on your laptop but then you're using your wi-fi chip to just broadcast onto the headset which you oh. no longer have internet access hold right? on so, a second hold on a second Jose. so you have your laptop in your bag you have your quest yep. on let's say you're sitting mm-hmm. on a train yeah you can just log in with that yeah, that's that's how i buy my meetings in in vr so that's what i do so i have a i use the asus cool. zenflow uh the z13 um and it's like a pretty powerful tablet with a rtx 3050 but it has a PCI card that actually, if I want to like bring it up to a to an uh, compare comparison to an RTX 3080, then I can do high end VR. But the 3050 can handle office work in VR. So I just put my tablet in my bag, 
This is a cool trick. Direct linking, and I'm just hmm. working in the train. All right. Uh, how does it compare to like your your phone network? Like yeah, it's much that, faster. That's probably the the alternative, right? Yeah. Expensive so though, right? Like if you would do a five G, uh, Wi Fi remote connection to your phone, you're just adding another layer. Oh. So at that point, you're kind of like getting the internet to your tablet and then running that to your headset. So you're better off just using the dongle that, you know, you're using your internal wireless chip just for handling the internet connection, which is sharing it and broadcasting to your headset already through the direct link. So now you have yeah. a clean line, right? Which is not jumping through a bunch of ports. You're not, you're not using, and this is what's happening right now, right? I'm a data guy. So a lot of uh, employees and meta are using their headsets for working horizons and they're using airport networks. Right. So they're connecting to their computer, but yeah. now it's jumping data. That's so there's a lot of encryption. There's a lot of data that you can eventually be able to pull off of that. So I, I do, I, I'll say this, um, there is a space for this device. And the fact that it's not, because I, I did see like the, the tweets, I did see what Bradley said. It's like, hey, you know, you can buy a $40 device that has the both antennas, oh. but once again, I mean, G -G you're not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. You're not using, you're not really going to need that for it. So I'd rather them use the, the, the hardware bandwidth in order to increase the, 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 the latency and the connectivity. And also they have space and ample opportunity to bring in encryption. And maybe that's what they're going to do with the, with the pro, right? There might be some encryption that's happening in real time in order to secure that data, right? That's that, that the, the PC wireless PC computing Spatial computing is coming. You know what I mean? Like yes. That's, that's kind of what, what they're building the infrastructure for. And I, that's kind of where I pay attention to. With that's these very devices. cool. I love that you mm -hmm. actually work like that on the go. Um, it's certainly something that I think like Rowdy and I being more behind a desk or a lab, um, you know, are more in kind of a stuck office. But I love the mm -hmm. idea of particularly if you're on the road for a convention or event or something, you know, bringing your workflow with you. Uh, and being able to, you know, have those meetings or interviews or podcasts or whatever on the go and wait until it's slick and, you know, carryable. I know that obviously, you know, HTC tried to do it with the with the flow, uh, tried to give yeah, us a device yeah. that you could just pocket. Um, they're coming. I hope something yeah. interesting is coming from them. Did you guys see, I don't know, I don't know the exact model, the name of it, but do you guys see what Pimax announced very early, which is a standalone little PC device that will connect to the headset? Is this years ago or this year? This was this year, this year. So it's essentially, that's where everybody's going towards, right? Like no. It's essentially a little mobile device that you can carry on your backpack and your headset immediately connects to it. Like that's that's kind of like, you know, that's I don't want to get too future, futurist on you guys, but that's kind of where PC desktops are going to go, right? They're eventually going to lose their monitors and just be stuck in a closet and your headset will be interfacing or with it. Or the cloud even. Or the cloud, right? That's a cool thing. Is... Local cloud and then, you know, Online cloud. It all depends on your. Oh, I, it's so point. interesting, right? Because the conversation used to be local versus cloud, and eventually it's all going to be cloud. It's just local storage versus online storage. I I, I gotta say, I feel like we brought a, a, an Italian onto the podcast. I know you're not Italian, but like the hand I, movements are beautiful because yes. I'm a visual guy, and you keep doing yeah, all this dude. layering stuff. Like, just, <laughs> I feel like we've just seen the cornerstone of what's going to be Jose's VR tech like hardware. Uh, <laughs> hardware segment of the show where Rowdy's got his little science quarter like pegged out, which we're going to pull you back on one of these days, Rowdy. Um, I, there's so much of stuff that you've got behind you <laughs> and in your head that we need yeah, to, we need to kind of ring out I'm on excited. this podcast for sure. Uh, very excited for our future chats now. Um, so before I, I head into releases, um, last mention Pico four 
I just thought I'd mention that because we covered it kind of last podcast, but just basically it started hitting people's heads, right? Not just like hitting, I mean, they're, it's arriving in their houses, they're unboxing, and it's hitting their heads, <laughs> right? And it's a pretty decent offering, uh, decent library of software there. Um, still nascent, still early, um, but I would say go check out various reviews on that if you're interested in particularly a competitor uh, ecosystem. And so it's good to see the VR platform versus mode like heating up again. It feels like we're ready for another Street Fighter uh, finally uh, between, you know, big players. And of course, we got PlayStation coming next year. But man, it's it's starting to get really exciting. Um, so with that, uh, speaking of excitement, I'm excited for this next part. New blood in town. Jose, I understand the golden stirrups have passed on to you. Uh, oh, carried from grandfather to father, father to son son to grandson and i hope to god no one's put those shiny stirrups up their ass in that process but that's a film reference for anyone who, who knows it as our new game news anchor uh it is my solemn duty to make like neo seal these lips and let you make a run for the end zone so uh, oh, man. take it away jose all right so i definitely will ask you guys for the first one to give me some patience i'm still learning the workflow and I'm definitely looking at that old archival data of the podcast, so I definitely want to bring in the old school way of talking about what's new and what interests me. So let's start this week with Void Ninja. Um, it's on Streamlabs. Um, it reminds me a lot of Mirror's Edge meets like Pistol Whip in a weird way, even though it's kind of not like a fighter-esque kind of game. It's, it's, mm. it's more combat heavy, but there is, there is a value there that it kind of just... I, I don't know if you guys ever heard of Bit Trip Runner. But oh, it's yes. Kinda, yes. So it's kind of that. It gave me that sense of like endless just getting into a headset game and running with it, right? So definitely paying attention to that. I played a few rounds on that. I definitely want to play some more after the podcast. Um, How's the soundtrack? So, so good. It, good? It's so good. Oh, dude. It, it's um, actually, I don't know if uh, Rod is sharing the podcast uh, in the podcast trailer for for it for the game for yep, Void. Yep, he's but got it showing. I did. I did. Yes, yeah, yeah. definitely. It was watch. The audio. Yeah, we yeah, can show the audio. Listen for... to the trailer because so, the audio is pretty dope. Um, another one that I'm definitely paying attention to is the Knock announcement, um, which is like an esports game uh, for VR. Yep. Um, I believe they announced a. Let me make sure that I don't want to say. Yes, October 18th, Cosmic Fall. Um, it's kind of like Rocket League meets um, Alvin, uh, which is like the, the bow and arrow game for VR. Yep. It's super dope. Um, definitely want to see what they're going to do with that. Oh, it looks El like Elvin going... Assassin? Is that what you mean? Alvin Assassin, yes. Yeah, So I it's like that Alvin game. Assassin and Rocket League had a baby in VR. That's that's the best way to describe it. It's it's super it's it's wild. So you're actually pushing the ball with the arrows. So it gets very competitive. Um, I can definitely see a a, a scene being born from that. It's a uh, um, it is what a lot of uh, competitive VR esports people are kind of been asking for, which is something that actually involves human movement, a lot of physical scalability. Yeah. So let's see. Um, I want to see what people do with that. So I've seen a few videos Love of knock. it. I'm, yeah. <laughs> knock is so smooth, man. We should, it's and so this is awesome. one of the things that we're going to have to do, like whether mm -hmm. it's one of these releases that we catch or just something that catches our eye. The four of us need to get to, to do a game together. We used to do yes. streams together on occasion. It wasn't often. It was maybe once a quarter or something. But uh, I, I look forward to our first gaming night. Uh, Dude, let's, let's do yeah. it. I'm, I'm psyched. In <laughs> um, the third game that I've been playing that I actually mentioned earlier and teased about, Ah, man. 
Dyschronia Chronos Alternate, episode oh, no. one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, what a name. Yeah, it sounds, ju- right? It just sounds like the perfect, like, anime game for VR, right? And unfortunately, it's not. It's, it's, it, it has, it oh. hits all the right benchmarks. Like, it, it has, you know, the interactions, the characters, the, the story, the narrative, the environment, the music, the I- online interactions. It has everything. And it made me immediately realize that that's none of the things I want in a VR game. <laughs> and it sucks, right? Because I, I was always waiting for the, for the Oasis, right? For, for, um, for you know, um, Sword Art Online, right? The, like Neo that, that Tokyo kinda, coming exactly, into... Exactly, the Neo Tokyo. Yeah. And, and you would see all these games kind of like offer those experiences. And it made me realize, okay, I think what I want are those environments and yeah. just let me interact with whatever I want and that, let them be real people. Um, I don't really... They, um, yeah, They had a previous game, right? Yeah, I've played it. Tokyo Chronos. It's kind of like... Chronos. It's kind of like an... Like an anime, but in VR. It's yeah. like, it's like, like a manga it's in really VR, a... even because it's it's it, it feels like a book. Like the characters yeah. in the first game, which I slogged through. Chat loved it, but I I was wanting to knife my it's eyeballs out. A lot of reading. Um, it's a lot of reading. It, no, it's just it's not interactive enough for me. Okay, it's like a twenty-hour game where it's someone you're in a very static scene, and I'm mm-hmm. a guy who's kind of loud, colorful, like quick-moving stuff. Um, and very little changes. The story's kind of intriguing, but like you, I felt a bit bored, but I know yeah. some people who absolutely love that. Um, and yeah. the thing that really made me <laughs> turn my head, they sent me a little pack as a creator. They're like, hey, you covered our previous games. Hey, they sent me bath salts. <laughs> Don't, are you going to, are you going to eat them? Now that I realized it, I, I, it would have made the game better for me. I think I, I think the aromas would have really sold the game for me. Lily's bath exactly, salts and, 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 and Hal's uh, bath salts. Exactly. And, and adding to your point about what you said about the 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 the, the, the how how slow the game feels, right? You can in this game they can almost detach you from the camera. Yeah. So it's almost weird. It's almost like somebody's holding a a, a live transcribe box to their hand at all times. Like it go to imagine holding, mm. and that's what I always tell people is like to VR game designers. It's like when you're designing a conversation or an interaction. I know that you're trying to be inclusive. Use mo- sign language at that point if you're going to really create those environments. Because go to a convention and hold an LCD screen everywhere you go, and then just have have people interact with you while you're holding the screen and it's transcribing everything you're saying in real time. And that's literally what VR experiences are like right now in RPGs. It's like, hi guys, how are you? And it's like, there's there's such a weird disconnect. Either you're reading yep. or you're talking. There's no there's no connectivity. Mm. And I feel that um sign language and real human interactions will be kind of what makes RPGs kind of go to the next. I'm, I'm excited for some, some wild investor to kind of go like, yo, I'm hiring real live actors and we're going to like really have people with shifts and build RPG games with real people in it. And you know what would do it for me? I mean, even like motion capture, you know, having motion capture would yes. really bring the a lot more feeling, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I'm also wondering if it's almost like, um, Kind of like telltale games some people really like them because uh they're the story's good but there's not much to do other than like maybe a quick time event yeah. or you know push a button so but I, so i kind of got that feeling with um i didn't play this one but they're the with, with their one. previous game it's kind of like it's not for everyone yeah. you'd have to go in with the expectation of like 
it's more visual novel than you're really going to be doing much. So it'd be more like if you're interested in exactly. invested in the story. You know what there this... was still more that I feel like they could have done better, but I went in not knowing what to expect. And I was like, oh, this is different. You know, exactly. you know um, what this reminds me of? It reminds me of Final Fantasy 13. Um, Final Fantasy 13, oh. when it came out, it came out for the PlayStation 3 and it was like the first AAA action RPG kind of breaking into those genres. And they try to stick to the traditional time-based mechanics. And they immediately realized in the first playthrough and the testing was that there was a wild disconnect of high graphics with just pressing one button and waiting. And that's where the ATB system kicked in. So I knew a lot of people that were part of the original development for that game. Hang and on, that's hang where on. The ATB. ATB. What's that? <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah. Action time-based, which was kind of... Uh, they yeah. added a a faster pace to selecting options into the battle system in order for it to oh. feel fast paced. What it ended up doing was making mm. the game feel button mashy and broke the mechanics. And that's kind of what's happening right now with JRPGs in general. And it's going to be much more apparent with VR games, right? Where everybody's kind of designing, <sighs> thinking about two dimensional conversations and trying to translate that to VR. It doesn't work. And what's going to happen is, which and we should be paying attention to games like Bone Lab, where they kind of realize it's like, oh, it's not that we don't, you think they don't, they didn't want to make a story driven game? Like that was the main, the main issue with the first one. It's impossible to make a real connection with a game with a character that's only being a robot talking to you the entire time you know what i mean mm. there it's impossible for vr there's a lot of there's way too many human layers that you just will either you're fully immersed or you're not fully immersed there's like no in between and, and, yeah. and that is exactly the reason but just far more nicely explained why i am not a big fan of vr ports where you yeah. port a, a game that is supposed to be working on a, on a flat screen and you port that over. There's, there's been a couple of that have been well done, uh, but most of them have been well done because they are very different games, I think. Like, for example, one of them that's well done is, I think, No Man's Sky. But yes. that's a game that lends that to, uh, to it far more. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that games mm -hmm. like, for example, uh, Skyrim or Fallout or... Uh, uh, games like, like GTA in the future, Resident Evil, uh, I think those suffer from that far more uh, because Way. exactly because of that yeah. disconnect. Uh, and it's gonna this be is the wild. part where I thought that, um, you know, when we heard about the, the Quest 3 maybe not having facial tracking, right, in terms of eye tracking, that's what I want to see is forget, like what you're saying, forget the placard that shows me exactly what you're saying, talk to me, no interface, and react to my face. When I look unhappy, say, oh, I'm sorry, what's, what, are you all right, dear? Or whatever. That's the first time an NPC does that to me is going to just melt my mind, I think. Because mm -hmm. you're going to feel like they care, they, they're reacting to you. It's not unidirectional. It's not just I'm reading a prompt or I'm hearing a prompt and then I'm making the decision. It's, two, it's a two-way street. And I only ever, ever saw that once before, which was um, the, at, at VRTO, the VR Toronto Show they were showing a couple of game developers who were poking up to the cloud with a GPT three. Um, I don't yeah, want to I, call that now the the model. The model yeah, thanks. Uh, to basically come up with like an and an intelligently respond to players' verbalized inputs. And so when all that comes together, like I don't think that's many years away. I think we're two to three years out from a compelling experience in VR with that stuff in. But man, we've had we've had like eight nine years now of like. Not a single convincing MMO. I, maybe not a convincing, you know, 
proper story game. Even Alex feels one-sided. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, talking I'll, I'll, to. I'll Go ahead, Adam. Go ahead. Uh, not necessarily expression-wise, but in a in a scuffed version, there is that like replica AI VR app where the it, it's basically it's it's sort of like an AI that you talk to and it responds back accordingly. Of course, some of it is locked behind a paywall. You're like, hey, if you want the dirty stuff, you're gonna have to pay ten bucks <laughs> a month or whatever it is. But uh, it's interesting in that sense, in that like, yeah, if that could if that technology could be translated into an NPC somehow, oh. that would be interesting. Granted, the visuals of that thing weren't there. Like you, mm. it the um, representation of the AI, you got to kind of choose, but it didn't have any like real life to it. The oh. whole main part of it was just having a conversation with this thing but i guess on the flip side man if you could have crazy conversations with every npc like i wouldn't get anywhere in a story i'd just be talking to all the npcs I want, that's, and then, that's the world like, i want to be in i exactly want, yeah. It, yeah it's interesting though but at the same time i mean what you do like, at the bar today i understand there's like a lot of hype around like uh gtp3 but like uh there, there are limitations to that of as course. well like there, i mean it's still it's text prediction it's, it's basically it's sentence prediction or word prediction based on like previous input um, but um, on that note, what I think is really exciting is just this week, uh, Google's DeepMind Alpha Zero uh, that you might know from yep. the, the the board game, uh, they managed to basically uh, improve a 50-year-old problem of matrix multiplication, which is basically the entire concept of uh, machine learning and deep learning where you multiply certain matrices together. Wow. So they managed to actually break... Uh, a 50-year-old record uh, in terms of like how fast these these uh, these matrices can be solved, and that is a a huge step Jeez. forward in terms of uh, artificial intelligence. Uh, uh oh. So with these kind of improvements happening, you know, it's just a matter of time before we see that indeed implemented in in games as well. And I, I wanted to comment as well. That that's amazing. First, I would not have caught that news. So thank you for sharing with us. Um, the GPT three, my use of it, of it anyway in language right now is purely a placeholder to say when AI gets smart enough to be able to replace and centralize uh, uh, syntax and speech and all of that and, and do it in a quick enough way that it beats that same issue that we were talking about earlier where touch and feel can't be lagged too much. Same thing with speech, right? If someone pauses for 30 seconds every time you speak to them, it doesn't feel very, uh, doesn't feel very natural. So I look forward to that world. It's, it's awesome. Anyway, um, that's that, very cool. That's a very cool one. Yeah. Um, any more in the releases pot there? Uh, I it? think that's it. Um, next podcast, I'll definitely be playing more uh, uh, side quest games. So definitely, if you guys have any recommendations, definitely hit us up um, or me. I'm definitely very active. So I'm definitely <laughs> very interested to play more VR. That's kind of why I did all this. So, so uh, you know, as nice. you guys know this, I, I kind of know more about the back end side of, of, of the industry. So I'm definitely kind of. You know, I'm here. I'm here for for learning and loving VR from uh, a public perspective. We're all going to learn so much from each other. I can tell that already. Oh, yeah. And look at that. We got through our first episode together without too much trauma. That's a good start. But marketing has said, <laughs> unbelievable. We need more bloodshed. Okay. So next time after <laughs> MetaConnect, uh, which is on October 11th, make sure to tune into that. We'll be sure to carry in some live ammunition and turn today's mild mannered match of conversational paintball into a proper love fist jam session. Uh, so pop your <laughs> remarks and questions into chat now if you've got something to say to us uh, before we put Adam and Jose out an airlock for being totally sus uh, and I'll do my part and I'll ask Scotty to teleport the rest of us out of here um, so here we go while I renounce the show times and all that 
These are the voyages of the Star Trek, uh, Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new headsets, to seek out new strife and new mobile chipset generations, to boldly flow to where no podcast has gone before. We live stream every other Saturday on YouTube and Twitch. Show goes live at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. in the UK, and 7 p.m. where young men roam the lonely streets of Amsterdam. If you missed the live show, well, go listen to the polished audio version over on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify in the week following our live broadcast. Subscribe it, like it, bop it, stop it. We'll accept any form of intergalactic love and wish that you will stay with us tucked under the woolly blankets with us this holiday season ahead because it's getting chilly out there. So with that, what have uh, chat got to get off their chest before we wrap this one up? I've seen a lot of people really happy with the, the two new additions to the to the team. Uh, they really love the show. They love the input. Uh, I've seen people even donating. Just another donation came in from, uh, uh, well, I don't know how to pronounce it. Swift and Deadly. Swift's, Swift's and Deadly. Yes, indeed. Uh, <laughs> I love the energy and new insight. I wish the crew nothing but the best on the oh, VR man. journey ahead. So uh, oh. a, lot of, a lot of positive remarks. And uh, we had a, a previous one as well. Uh, that actually was going on on Saints and Sinners uh, is underrated because the NPCs are so emoted so you could get a sense of true. what they felt. And I think that's indeed a very good... good I actually so like, I like the comparison that Adam made earlier about the Telltale games. I think that those two are very linked together with like Telltale games and like Saints and Sinners, uh, the, the characters themselves. Yeah, for sure. Very good. Man, that's awesome. Chat, thank you for being here with us. It's been a brimming show today. appreciate you showing up for the... The big news we had. Let's again give a big round of applause to Jose and Adam for joining F Reality Crew. Um, and I will say, <laughs> F Reality is a simple coupling of kindred spirits. Once a fortnight, we sit down, we share that flame with you, and in doing so, we live through each other more than we could do so alone. So until next time, see ya. Bye.